are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Check. Anybody? I got you. All right. There we go. <laughs> All right. I love that he's switching the mics on us over the weekend. I have no idea what, what, what that was about. I, I mean, not everything's set up exactly the same as it was. No. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> welcome in, everybody. It is Monday, November 6th. We're here on uh, the, the world-famous... I'm, I'm flustered now. World-famous University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in sunny Louisville, Kentucky. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can earn your MBA in just 12 months and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it's better as the big X. I, I, we're going to have to change mics here. I mean, can you – can we see if the – what's the – what do you guys call the left one? Because the, the, there's two red mics, and we somehow both call, call them both red. Is it blue? I've got red, blue, and black. All right, let's try blue because black is just like dangling everywhere. I can't do this for a full three hours. This, <laughs> this is terrible. Hold I'm, on one second. Use your imagination, listeners, and picture that. All right, let's try. Is blue okay? Blue is on. Right, I think blue just electrocuted me as I grabbed it. That's okay. That's what, fine. Do you want it dangling or do you want to be electrocuted? Pick, uh, pick I'll, I'll take the electrocution, hey, come on. actually. You're so picky, man. I know. Well, I'd like the <laughs> mic that I use every day to work, but for some reason it's not. So I don't know what's going on there. Well, I think it's a precursor for tonight's game. No, it's not. We're not going to do that. <laughs> it's what happened. We're not going to start the show like that because there's too much happy going right. around in the world of Cardinal FX to do that. And we're going to talk about it here from 3.08 until 6 on 1450 AM, 961 FM, The Big X. TK... All right, we've settled that. It's all done. We're all, we're good. Everything's fine. Nothing is bleeped here, dude. Everything is good to go. There's too many positive vibes circling to start the, the, the show off on the wrong note. We've got, I mean, this is one of those shows where you wish you could space stuff out, right? We have the reaction to the the most recent absolute ass-kicking by Jeff Brom and the Louisville football team over the weekend, which was glorious. There's some fallout from that. I mean, I'm, I, again, I said I was going to wait until Thursday. So we secure this victory over Virginia to start looking ahead and talking about big picture stuff and outside shot at the playoff and dreaming the biggest of dreams. But I mean, I'm kind of already trying. I, I, it's hard for me not to. Seeing Louisville's name pop up on those lists of like the only teams with realistic shots left to make the playoff is just, for lack of a better term, and as eloquently as I can put this, boner-inducing. Uh, I can't help that. It, it's fantastic. We do have two hoops openers tonight, the UofL men's team taking on UMBC. And, and what... 
regardless of how you feel about the state of the program, regardless of how you feel about how the team's going to perform tonight, should still be a special night tonight for some of the stuff that they're doing to honor the late Denny Crum, the architect of Cardinal basketball. And the women's team is in action against Cincinnati, uh, the ranked women's team, as we look to just try and take the soul out of Cincinnati in every sport, apparently, is what we're going for. Hopefully we can win by 45 and maybe make them just quit women's basketball overall because we're, we're basically ruining them as an athletic program. We've got all that to talk about. A couple of the uh, L fall sports are having had, had big weekends. Field hockey, moving to the NCAA tournament. Men's soccer, maybe the most exciting game that any sport has played last night against Notre Dame in the ACC tournament. We'll discuss all of that before we do any of it. Got to say hi to TK. Trevor, how are you on this Monday? How was your weekend? Uh, pretty good. I mean, yeah, pretty overall pretty good weekend. I made some money, did some good decent on bets. Eagles, Cowboys. I had, I'm, I'm, all my teams won. There's so much to talk about today. I mean, it's uh, I, I had a dream last night about tonight's basketball game. Okay. I mean, the only the only down part would probably be uh, gotta gotta pour one out for the uh, for the the, the, the TK Man, Kelsey Manor recliner. Oh no! So this is the one that you just got like a year ago. Yeah, the one, the, one. the lazy boy. <laughs> yeah. That you hired somebody to put together and then then missed a piece. I don't know if I hired them as much as it was. Their mom's little hippie friends happened to be at the house. I'm like, hey, you want to you want to do something for me? Um. Yeah, it kind of, uh, I mean, it's not dead per se, but like, I don't know. So Saturday night, like I'm, you know, celebrating, I'm in a good mood. I'm having a good time. Sure. And it was, it, it was, it was like midnight-ish or so. And like the seat, it's, it's one of those seats that, you know, it has a remote and it like lifts up and brick comes back and recline, you know, recline, it's got, it's on like a, you know, it's, it's on, it's on, it's, it's machine operated. And I usually kind of keep it kind of like lifted up kind of most of the way. So I, you know, I'm getting up and down and sometimes I'll just sit back in it. And so Saturday night, I guess I just kind of leaned back and it was still on the incline version. And I don't know, something, I guess a screw popped out or something and it just went backwards. Like it didn't tipple, it didn't topple over, but it, it went backwards and kind of folded me kind of like an, like an accordion a little bit. Oh, so we had video of this. I have no idea. So for the next like forty five minutes, I can't get out of the chair. No, I am stuck no. in this chair. Like I, my my knees are up, and I like I can't. And the way I'm folded, I can't. Like I'm trying to move forward, but the chair won't go up. And there's nothing for me to grab onto to pull myself because the only thing close to me is like my my like um, my TV dinner table that I sit next to it that I use it, which is not going to hold me. So, and I'm like. <laughs> So for like thirty minutes or so on Saturday night, I'm just trying to buy, we like nod up and down, back and forth to try to get some momentum to get up, and I can't do it. And finally, I just had to like, mom, <laughs> like an hour. It felt like it was like what's the? It was right after the clocks like moved back. I've like, said it a million times. I'll <laughs> say it again. There needs to be a documentary of what goes on at Kelsey Manor. So she comes in and she's like, "What?" I'm like. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the couch. <laughs> Not with a chair, but yeah. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm stuck. She's like, what do I do to do? I'm like, just just take my hand and give me a little bit of pull. She's like, are you serious? You are that old mock commercial <laughs> of the I'm stuck in the Craftmatic adjustable bed, the old prank call. I am That's you, that except it's real. <laughs> I, was, I did not want to have to call somebody, uh, even though I knew I was going to probably tell the story in the air because it's funny. But, uh, it is hilarious. It's, I would have come over and helped you out. So the chair now is, I still have the chair, but like, it's like, it's, it's falls all the way kind of back when you get up. So if I need to, if I want to sit on it, which I have sent a little bit on Sunday, like I have to like ease into it and it like, it, 
and I can't sit back, otherwise I'm going backwards again. You're playing a dangerous game. I am playing a dangerous game, and then and then Sunday I, I was like, well, I'm going to sit in it just for a second because, <laughs> and I'm sitting in it for about five minutes, and I hear like, like I, I can't describe the sound. It, 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 basically, it was screw a screw coming out if of the, the chair. Material. Made that sound, then I would run. The it script. sounds like some sort of robot <laughs> that's about to attack. Like, like I found like three different screws on Sunday on, on my floor. Like I'm, I don't know. Well, which I think we've discovered your problem. <laughs> I don't know where they're coming out of. The chair's though. not put together. My hippie guy's not in town right now. He needs to come in here and get this fixed. Because other than that, everything else was perfect over the weekend. I'm begging you to stop sitting in that chair <laughs> until you can get somebody to come in and fix that thing for real. I would say it's not worth it. The juice isn't worth the squeeze. There, it's like the, the juice is being mildly, or the squeeze, I guess, is is, is being mildly comfortable. The the potential I mean, I couldn't even the reach potential my, risk is being stuck in a chair for over an hour. I couldn't reach my phone, and I was like, I'm "You could have died in that chair." If there'd been no one there, the dogs would have eaten me after a week, probably. Uh, um, I'm pretty big. I think I go about two weeks, maybe. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, it was uh, yeah, it was it was somewhat embarrassing. I don't know what to say to you. Uh, anyways, besides that, it sounds like I think everyone had a fantastic weekend. Yeah, outside of that, it was the weekend could not have been any more perfect. I, you know, other Minnesota hurt me a little bit on our big three pick them, but yeah, another one and two week. Uh, I went two and one, and I should have. You know, but I did good on Sunday. I did pretty. Outside of that, I did well on Saturday. We uh, we stomped a mud hole in Vautech. I mean, did. it's suck at Vautech. The Cowboys got we 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 got out two and a half game lead in the NFC East as but we stomped a hole in the Cowboys. Oh, it was beautiful. And it you, was. And then you didn't have to worry about Sunday because you were on a bye. Had a nice bye week, although we, yeah. we were busy. I, this is my single dad week. It started. Oh, when did when did she leave on she Saturday? Left, she left today. Okay. Uh, Mary is in, is in D.C. for the week for work. A- again, the worst possible week on the sports calendar for this to be, from a like work standpoint, having the basketball, the season opener tonight, women's basketball tonight as well, a football Thursday night game, and then another Friday night game. Like it, we three games in five days. I don't think there's another portion of the calendar where this actually takes place during a work week. And of course, it's the week that she has to go to DC uh, for for a trip. It, it just it, it sucks. And Virginia it's, last it's night a good week to move. Let Virginia go stay over at Audrey's for the week. There's, yeah. Audrey stays a lot with you. I think it's yeah. Family. She stays over there too. The DC okay. they have sleepovers. But back and forth. I think the last time was when John got hand, foot, and mouth. She stayed over there for for a night. So, oh, that was well, that's a given. I mean, <laughs> it, I mean, it's the thing is. So Mary went on the trip this same week a year ago, and it was fine. Like, like I think she was gone for a day shorter. She was only gone for like two and a half days, basically, and it ended up being totally fine. But this year, Virginia's like very aware of what's going on. And last night, she just started bawling for like two straight hours oh. about how like you know like I don't want you to go, and and I just she's like. Then she starts going into like, I love you more than anybody. I love you more than anybody in the house. I'm like, it's fine. You know, she's, you know, mommy's leaving. It's it's fine. And then she's like, if you when you leave, I'm gonna be so sad. If daddy left, I I wouldn't be that sad. I'm like, okay, now you're <laughs> you're piling it on a little bit now. You don't have control now, over the week, honey. Now I'm wanna... starting to get pissed. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I want to suck up a little bit here. I'm the one with control over the week. I know. <laughs> but she was super sad. And then when I left, she was kind of sad again. She was talking about, you know, she's gonna miss mommy when when, I, when we. we home and like not doing bedtime stuff with her and she was having a rough time and john has just been john has just developed a terrible attitude like like john he's very happy but i mean he's throwing stuff everywhere he's throwing stuff at you it's the terrible twos right terrible twos a star like he, he has yeah. we, we got him this train table for his birthday he looks right at me after i tell him not we don't throw toys and he like throws a train at me like he's just well, i was saying that one coming he's not sleeping anymore he's just like fi- defiantly fighting sleep it's it's gonna be a rough week like last year was 
a walk in the park. You could get, you know, you put Virginia out in the living room, put a show on for her, got John down to sleep, got Virginia down to sleep, boom, you're done. John's like going to sleep two hours later than Virginia now. This is going to be a disaster. I've got no idea how this is going to work on top of just work stuff. It's going to be, it's already a nightmare. And everybody's not feeling well. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a whole You need thing. me to come over and hang out this week. I may. This may be, yeah, you're like 75th on the depth chart, but you may end up getting a call at some point because I'm going to exercise everybody else. Uh, but we'll, we're doing the best we can. I'm, it, I'm like the, the the Texans putting their third string running back at kicker last yesterday. Yeah, well, he drilled it. So. Yeah, he did. Well, hey. That, see, you should have faith in me coming over. It was beautiful. I, I thought it was crazy. Like I thought it was crazy as I'm watching that game. Quick aside, and we'll get into the U of L stuff. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. They kept going for two, even though, like, like you know, they scored to make it thirty to to, to make it like twenty three to twenty two, and instead of kicking a field goal, uh, the extra point, like they go for two. They kept like going for two in these situations, and I was like, do you, I was like, do you not have anybody that you feel more confident in kicking an extra point? Like the punter, you think would be better? Yeah, than, than converting a two point <laughs> conversion. And I was like, no, but like. And it wasn't a crazy situation where they went for the field goal. It was a 29-yard field goal. It was fourth and goal from, like, the 11. So it wasn't like they had a bunch of penalties and it was fourth and goal from the 28. And it was like, this is our only shot. We, you know, no. I was like, if you have that guy in your roster, why have you not been kicking extra points? What are you doing? But anyway, that was cool. I enjoyed seeing it. He drilled it, too. It was great. Yeah. Uh, it is opening night for basketball. I'm rocking the... It's still opening night, damn it. Like, I, you know, I, we're all in a low place right now. We're all it's like rock the wrestling bottom. Guy. It's still real to me, it's man. Still, <laughs> it, it, it's still Louisville basketball. It's still the first game. We're still honoring Denny Crum. I, I'm still rooting for the best tonight. I'm, I'm rocking the, the Duncan Cardinal Bird pullover, which I'm, I'm very excited about. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't spend more of the show today talking about football. One, because it's in a far, far better place. Two, it's a Monday after a, a huge win on Saturday. We hyped the game up all last week. I think that U of L football has earned the bulk of our attention on this Monday show. I mean, and you know, if we lose the UMBC, then we'll probably just talk football all day again tomorrow. So <laughs> there's a we well, preview Virginia then. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we short week. We got to start talking yeah. about the Cavaliers and the Glow Game. Then uh, we got a short show tomorrow actually because of IU. Well, what's IU doing to us? IU, yeah, we had to be at it at five thirty because IU's uh, pregame. They got basketball tomorrow. It's like the one night I don't have night help too. It's like I'm just going home to the kids. It's like daylight savings. Remember, like, do you enjoy that extra hour of sleep? Well, you can still like, hang out no. here for 30 minutes or so if you want. Yeah, you know? like drive around the city for 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you won't be the first show host to hang out here and pretend like he's got to work instead of going home. Usually, Dick. I'm so usually I'm so happy for those early exits. This time I'm like, oh, okay, well, all right, I guess we'll get home. Nick would just hang out at the studio, be like, don't. Didn't you gotta go home? He's like, nah, we got we got we got to sit here till later. I'm I'm just gonna just gonna just gonna stay here. <laughs> He'd go use my office and just hang out for a couple hours, do some work. Props to Roush. <laughs> he's, he's a busy guy. He's got a lot going on. He but, does. But Louisville on Saturday, the cards, I mean, this is I felt good about the Duke game two weeks ago. I didn't think we were gonna win twenty three nothing, but I felt good about it. I was very nervous about Pitt. That didn't go well. I thought we were gonna lose Notre Dame. We beat the crap out of them. Yep. I was very nervous again for this game. Just because injuries, Vatek's playing so much better, so much to play for, big name brand, all the stuff. Like you just you don't want to lay an egg in that type of situation. And while I thought we were gonna win the game, my goodness. <laughs> like just a for the second straight week, just an all out big boy football. We're more manly than you. We're better coached than you. We're better everything than you. We're going to hold your head in the toilet here for four full quarters, ass-kicking. Like, I'm amazed, not just that we're 8-1, but at how quickly this has become so fun. 
like like Louisville football games now. You talk to anybody who's been to a game this year who's been to multiple games this year. It's a party. Like 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 the games are they're back to being events. I I think for the last few years, and we we like we do this whole thing where we just cast with a you know we're, we're painting with a broad brush and saying it's just been bad. It's been bad for a long time. You've had a, a couple of years in the mix the last since Lamar left that have been okay. Like, like where it hasn't been special seasons, but you've won seven games. You've gone to a bowl game. You, you've beaten good teams. Even then, a lot of times Louisville football games, I think for even the most diehard of fans, has felt like a little bit of a chore. This is something that we have to do. We're going to go. We're going to sit through this. We're going to cheer for our team. Then we're going to go home. Hopefully we don't go home too early because we're getting, we're getting our asses kicked, but we're going to stay for as long as we can. And now, like, this is an event that I, I think that people who, that kind of peripheral fan that we talked about before the Notre Dame game, the fan that want, that's all in when things are going great, but is just sort of like, eh, not fully checked in when, when things are going just okay, they want to go to games again. And the attendance it was a little bit less than the Duke game. I think it, was, it topped out right at just under fifty. I don't know. I mean, from the view, I mean, it looked like about a stripe and a quarter. It looked like the it looked like the Duke game, where you know, at opening kickoff, you had some seats open, and then as they start showing that lower bowl, it's it's packed. People are going nuts. And the thing is, I don't even care about the actual numbers or the the empty seats in the flight deck or by the Adidas section. Like the fans that are there, and it's still a lot compared to the the history of local football. The fans that are there are having the best time imaginable. I mean, the Joker and the Thief thing, the team getting fully into it, the fans fully embracing it, like Renato Brown playing the air guitar with his with his crutch, like everybody going nuts. Like it, it, the announcers it, embracing that as well. Could not be more fun. Like the, the music in the, at the games is incredible this year. It, it's just a, a full-on, all-out party, and the team just curb-stomping, to use your term uh, from last week, everybody they play at home only makes it better. Like I, like, I know that it's not... I think that this would be super, super fun if the team were just being like okay at home, if they if they were being good but not great at home. But certainly it's hard to have a bad time when Louisville football is out there, I don't know, decimating Notre Dame, beating the piss out of a top twenty Duke team, destroying Virginia Tech thirty four three, taking their soul. Like this is every single week when we have a home game and we have two more, thankfully. It, it's just been a party in the stands and an ass kicking on the field. And what more can you ask for? From the first year of the Jeff Brom era, party it, in the L. It's a party in the stands. <laughs> it's an ass kicking on the field. That should be the story of the the 2023 Louisville Cardinals. It's been so fun. Uh, and Saturday, I mean, they set the tone right from the beginning. They come out, they sack uh, you, you know, the Royals on, on the very first play of the game. They, they get a quick three and out. And this is what they've been doing the last several weeks. Is even against Pitt, the Pitt game went poorly, but at the beginning, quick three and out, get the ball, go down and score. And that's clearly Jeff Brom's mo. And an underrated part of the season, Trevor, is that we're dominating the coin toss. We, I think we've won the coin toss in, <laughs> in eight out of nine games. Damn right. And Brom's like, cool, we'll defer, let the defense set the tone, get a quick stop, get the ball back with good field position, go score, and then we're playing from in front for the rest of the game. And we've done that pretty much the entire season. And it's been it's been it's been awesome. I mean, like I, I keep pinching myself. This is this is everything that we dreamed of when we were talking about wanting Jeff Brom to come in and take over this program. And more. Eight and one, according to the FPI now, an 89.9% chance of playing in the conference championship game. There, I mean, there's a, there, there's a crazy sequence of events that could happen if we just lose to Miami. But basically, if we beat Virginia on Thursday, which we're a 20-point favorite in that game, if we beat Virginia on Thursday, we're almost assured of going 
to the ACC title game. Well, we we clinch if we win and Duke beats North Carolina. Right. Th- that, yeah. That's the simplest thing. I think there's still and even if that doesn't happen, even if UNC wins, there it, it's gonna it will take a perfect sequence of events in the last two weeks of the regular season for us not to go to Charlotte. Like, like win on Thursday, I feel confident saying this. Win on Thursday, and you're pretty much in. Like, like it's 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 a, almost a done deal. And then if you beat Miami, which we found out today is going to be a noon game, bad for the fans who want to attend the game, great for the team. Road Teams love road games at noon. Yeah. Teams hate road games at night. Ask Marcus Freeman. If we win that one, you start scoreboard watching a little bit. You're looking around, you're seeing these, these prognostications that are like, hey, you know, Louisville, 8% chance of being in the playoff, 9% chance of being in the playoff. The Kentucky game becomes that much more important for a variety of reasons. Like, you can dream some pretty big dreams. And, like, the fact that we're even – I know it's a long shot. I'm not sitting here saying, like, oh, I think Louisville – I'm, I'm going to analyze the path to the playoff. I'll do that if we win Thursday. But right now, the fact that anybody's talking about this, the fact that we're showing up on these lists of teams that are still alive, and it's like 11, 12 teams at this point, and it's November 6th. How much fun is this, man? Like, like this is just the best. Like, I, 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 I feel like I'm in a dream. This is – Everything that we wanted and more, TK. I, I mean, I didn't expect it to happen. I, I, I mean, I may have jokingly, like, and there was a little part of me thought it would be year one, but this is like year three to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, and not just, I mean, and now I'm thinking year three is like, well, how are we ever going to lose a game? Greatest team in the history of football. I mean, yeah. I mean, step aside, 201 Miami. I mean, come on. I mean, by that time, we'll, we'll be rocking and rolling. I just, I, I, yeah, I can't. I mean, this is, I mean, for for me as a football, I know I'm not going to intertwine like pro and college, but I mean, it, it is it's been perfect. I mean, like I can't ask for a better year. Other than that damn pick game, and I take that's my blame. I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't have been watching. I should have watched the game. I shouldn't have gone to the family thing. I'm sorry. Um, I, I I take full blame for it. You and Jack's but, mustache shave. But yeah, that's exactly it. I'm gonna make sure he. I'm at every game, and he, I'm watching every game, and he doesn't shave. Uh, I don't care what I got to do to stop that. I'll do anything. I'll let him get stuck in my chair. And but yeah, I just I, I'm not I'm I'm not thinking playoff yet. But I'm thinking uh, let us let us get to the Florida State game, then I'll start like start talking playoff with you. I but, sent you, a, a, a but clip. the Florida State game I see in the future because now, now honestly now I'm just looking forward to Kentucky. No offense to Missouri, I know, I know. No offense to Virginia and and, and Miami, but. I'm Miami already, still worries I'm, me. I've already overlooked you both. No, I'm, I'm, we're, we're going to do to Miami what we did just did to Votek. Don't worry I, about that. I hope that you're right. Like, I, I'm definitely, hand up, I'm overlooking Virginia. I, I, I feel like we should. They, they, they've they got some guys hurt. They play the new the freshman quarterback. They burned his red shirt. He did not look good last weekend. I think this is a game that we should win fairly handily on Thursday. Miami still worries me. That talent and the fact that they do this every year where they – when they have that first loss, and Lord knows this year it was a soul-snatching loss to Georgia Tech, they are, are just middling. Like They kind of quit a little bit because their biggest dreams are out the window. And then at the end of the year, against somebody of note that they have as much or more talent than, they just like they decide, like, hey, we're going to play hard. And, and they 
beat the absolute crap out of them. I'm not saying we're going to get the absolute crap beat out of us, but like they've got a big-time performance left in them, and I'm worried about that one. I do like that it's a noon game. That's, that sucks for Florida State, maybe. Maybe Yeah, maybe it sucks for FSU, and I don't want FSU to lose at this point. I want them to be a perfect 12-0 when we play them in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just need to get like me. I don't want to drop FSU off the schedule. I want to keep them. Well, no. You want them to be undefeated. I, know I want to be undefeated, it. too, because then if we do lose, we still get to go to the Orange Bowl. Like, that's the other thing, too. Yeah. Is that, that's out there. As we're well. not losing FSU. We're beating FSU. If we beat FSU, that's, that's fantastic. Oh, no, no, no. There's no if. We will beat FSU. Anyway, uh, I, 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 there is, I sent you a clip. I got it. This is, you know, we may not be talking about playoff and all this stuff, but national pundits, they're looking to Louisville a little bit. This is JD Pickle of, of On Three talking about teams that have an outside shot of being a party crasher. How about Louisville? Don't look now, but Louisville, they only have one loss. And they have a top 10 win over Notre Dame. And they have another ranked win over Duke. A one-loss ACC champion, Louisville, if it were to be Florida State, if they give Florida State their only loss of the season, at that point in time, Florida State, you would imagine, is still probably top four in the country, if not higher. That's two top ten wins and three ranked wins for Louisville. I don't see how you leave them out. I don't see how you would leave out the Brom squad, man. So I think what they did really, really well was do some of that heavy lifting early on. They're at number 13 right now in the college football playoff rankings. I'm just saying keep an eye on them. How about Louisville? You know, how do you leave the Brom squad out, Trevor? How do you leave the Brom squad out? I agree you, with JD. You do not overlook the Brom squad. Listen to the pickle. You, listen to, hey, the pickle rankings had us as a national champion one year. <laughs> I never, I've never dad the pickle once. You don't leave the Brom squad out. No. Now, I will be interested to see where we end up in tomorrow's CFP rankings because I mean, we'll move up, right? We, we're going to have to move up. I mean, I mean well, more importantly, is who's ahead of us maybe did not look good. Like, they, they, there were some. I mean, you look at the AP poll. We were 15th last week, and, and we jumped four spots up to number 11. Last week, teams that were ahead of us in the rankings. Oh, well, yeah. I'm sorry, go on. I just, what do you mean? I was going to say, well, Oklahoma clearly lost. Oklahoma will fall behind us. Yeah. Uh, LSU was behind us already. They were ahead of us in the AP poll. They, them losing to Alabama. I mean, that was one of those things where it was a catch-22. If, if LSU beat Alabama, Bama probably falls behind us, but then LSU probably leapfrogs us. But I don't think anybody was impressive enough to jump ahead of us that was like Notre Dame lost, obviously. Yeah. Um, Tennessee, yeah, who cares? Like they beat UConn by a billion points. Yeah, like, who doesn't? Utah looked good, but I don't know that they they're still a few spots behind us. So yeah, I, mean, I feel like we're going to probably jump up to like at least one spot, maybe 12, 11. I, I think we'll be if we're not in the top ten, we'll be hanging outside, just outside the top ten, waiting to pounce. Feeling good about ourselves, uh, but I'm, I'm curious. I mean, if they do like say like, "Hey, Louisville beating Virginia Tech 34 to three was so impressive," we're jumping them over Ole Miss and and somebody else, and like all of a sudden you're like, "Hey, Ole Miss went to overtime, I think, didn't they this week? They won by three. Yeah, they should have. Yeah, they should have lost that game. But whatever. Um, they also could have won by more and helped me win my bet. But whatever. <laughs> push is a push. That's hey, you hit that over on the Washington game right though, right? Hey, I almost hit the first half. I was, I was gonna say, Jesus. I, know. <laughs> I figured that game would be in the close to the fifties. I hit that, and the other thing that I felt really good it was Boston College money line over Syracuse on Friday night. Like I loaded up on oh, that I, when, I, 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 when I saw that. I was like, I'm loading up on this one. I've told and you, that made my money for the whole weekend. Syracuse isn't like giving up to like eight 2018 level of ours. They try. They're just not good. No, but they've 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 all kind of tapped out. Like they're not gonna win another game this year i doubt they're, they're still playing hard they're just they're, their quarterback cannot throw the football at all neither yeah I mean, it was it was a uh, it was an ugly game i found myself watching i was like is this is this what sports betting is why am i watching this game on a friday night this is pathetic <laughs> this is the worst football i've ever seen in my entire life i, I want to talk more and about yet the, you couldn't turn it off 
Well, I could after a while. I was like, all right, I think they're going to win. I don't think once it got to 17 10, I was like, Syracuse didn't score again. This is an insurmountable seven point lead. Uh, we have to take a break. When we come back, I want to talk more about the ins and the outs of Saturday's game against Virginia Tech. How about our boy Isaac Garendo? Ooh, those running backs. I, lo- I loved your uh, your your uh, super troopers enhanced tweet. By enhance? The way. Enhance. enhance, enhance, enhance. I was pretty proud of the to Garendo. Did you Let's talk more about that. Pat ourselves on the back for our tweets. Great <laughs> tweets over the weekend, Mike. Well done. <laughs> Good job. My tweet game was on. Uh, there was one of those where I sent it, and I was like, people may hate this. I'm doing this for me. I don't care about you. I only tweet for me. I tweet me for me. <laughs> 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We'll also hear from you after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show celebrating the start of basketball. More importantly, football rolling. Here on 1450 one The Big X. All I do is win. And they stay there. Feels good. It does feel good, doesn't it? We went on like a like a Saturday night. We went on a um, it was so, such a nice night too. So the day was per- picture perfect. We went on like a, a walk before it got too dark for daylight savings time changed. And like I'm walking out to the the, um, the, the, the stroll with the kids, and I'm just like singing. To my, I'm like, we are eight and one. I said, we are eight and one. <laughs> and like Virginia starts doing it too, and then John like he's like kind of like mumbling it because he can't really talk. But like they're all dancing. I'm like, this is the greatest night of my entire life. This is incredible. This is fantastic. Eight and one cards, chasing down a conference championship. Weather's perfect. It all is happening right now. It all feels good. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Tyler Griever, formerly of WHAS. He now is officially working for WDRB. I think today was the first day. Good Listen, job, Tyler. Love Tyler. <laughs> But his, I'm assuming his non-compete ran up. I know he'd been working behind the scenes, but I think to be on air, I'm sure he had to wait, I guess, six months it would be his deal. But he, at the press conference today, the media availability, we'll talk about what Jeff Brom had to say, but Jack Plummer was also in front of the press. And Griever tried to get the answers to the pressing questions about the mustache. Like, he tried to, <laughs> he tried to get him to talk about it, you know, hey, man, like, maybe have you noticed that you play pretty bad when you shave it and you're, you're playing pretty good football when you keep it on? And, like, he... Just would not would not engage. Was not going to answer. I don't know if it's like superstition or he just he doesn't want to lower himself. But props to Griever for trying because the the power of the mustache is a very very real thing. And I I stand by my take that I don't think he knows how to trim. Like he, so just let it go wild. Then I, I think that's what's happening now. I, I think because we had a pretty pretty consistent deal where you'd have the mustache, he'd play really well. And then it was just gone the next week, inexplicably, and he'd play like crap. And sometimes we'd win, and then against Pitt we lost. And then it would come back, and it would be just kind of – and I was like, I think he just doesn't know how to trim. And so he just has to shave it. And he's like, well, I guess I'll have it for the next game. And this week, it was the it was the thickest that it's ever been. And I think it's just because he's he's like, I can't, I can't shave it again. And lo and behold, he goes out there, 11 of 12 passing, no big mistakes, makes the right throws, makes the big plays at, at the right times, made the right plays with his feet, 
did everything that he had to do for us to win a blowout game. This is the power of the mustache. It's mustache Jack being mustache Jack. I mean, listen, if it's if it's, if it's your word, if you can't trim it, it's going to look scruffy. That doesn't matter. See, you don't when you're the when you're the starting quarterback for the ACC champion Louisville Cardinals, mm-hmm. your mustache, no matter what it looks like, isn't extra scruffy. It's different. It's like in Bull Durham when he talks about exactly you know, the shoes, the shower yes. shoes. Like when they grow fun, they'll call you colorful when you if you That's, win twenty games in the show. And when you're when you're plumbing, you're 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 twelve and one, eleven and one, and heading to the end of the playoff. Your mustache can look whatever it's want, and people girls are going to adore it. We also got to see a little bit of Brock Doman. We were so dominant, which was nice. Brock Doman one on one passing, ten yards, felt good. Um, so on Friday's show, I said this on the podcast. Like we told, look, there's a lot of nonsense on the show. Eh, if, if you don't, if you don't like the nonsense and you want some some inside scoop, some inside story, so I'm just gonna sift through a little bit of that because we're gonna give it to you. I told you on Friday, I did exactly what was happening with the injuries. I was like, I, Jarvis Brownlee's not gonna play. I would be surprised if Jamari Thrash played. I think Jawar Jordan is in the same situation he's been the last three weeks, where he's gonna be a game time decision. He'll probably try to give it a go. And then Brian Hudson hasn't really been practicing at all for the last month, but he's still playing in all these games. And Willie Turner was kind of the new injury that was out there, and he was more of a mystery. And then Pete Thamel tweets it out Saturday morning, and everyone's like, oh, my God, where did this come from? Like, we, we told you. We, we, we told you. If you listen to the show, you would have already been prepared for this. Uh, but Jarvis Brownlee did not play. Jamari Thrash uh, did not play. I'm told Thrash had a the hand injury. He had like a minor procedure on it last week. And I don't think it's, it's not a season-ending deal. But his injury is more significant. Jawar is just that. The nagging hamstring. Um, Jamari, there was some thought that he might have been able to play on Saturday. I think he did go through practice on, on Thursday. So, like, I think he'll be out there at some point. I don't know if it will be Thursday, but it's clearly a, a significant injury. It's something that he's been dealing with for the last three or four weeks. But the good thing about the way that we played on Saturday was you, know, you leaned on Jawar early. Of course, he gets the first touchdown. He carries the ball more than anybody else. 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. But then Isaac Garendo starts popping off. 11 carries, 146 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he kind of becomes not, the feature back. Not including the one he got called back. Which, well, I thought it was a BS call, but whatever. I know, I agree. Jeff Brom agreed, too. Did you see the, the clip of him? I did. <laughs> He's looking at it on the little uh, pad or whatever, and he looks up and just goes, that's a bleeping terrible call. That's a bleeping terrible call. Uh, and I mean, it's just honest. What can we say? He is. And from what I've told, People who were at the game said that they didn't even throw the flag until Garendo was like 40 yards downfield, and it was obvious that he was going to score. So they just they waited. It was one of those where like the referees will call a foul if the ball goes in, but they're not going to call it if it goes out, or vice versa. It was one of those deals. I saw that ref in the movie Rebound recently. Yeah, second rebound reference in the last two shows. I mean, it's I'm just telling you, go watch it. You'll be like, I know what he's talking about. But Garendo playing so much in the second half and shouldering so much of the load, I think is a great thing for Jawar. I mean. We have a short week now. We've got two big games coming up on uh, you know, the subsequent Saturdays against Miami and Kentucky. I wonder if they just shelve Jawar on Thursday. Like, if they feel like we should be able to beat Virginia now with Isaac and with Maurice and with maybe doing some extra stuff in the passing game um, because he's clearly going to be very, very important to us if we're going to beat Miami, beat Kentucky, and then have a shot to beat Florida State in the, the conference championship game. I wonder if that comes into play at all. This is not a good time for a short week for a banged-up team, but thankfully the game isn't against a team that you feel like you need all cylinders firing. You need everybody at full strength. 
you should be able to win this regardless. And maybe this will be a game where we ask Jack to do a little bit more. I thought Saturday we were going to ask Jack to do a little bit more. No, we didn't have to ask Jack to do anything. Jack was very much back in his game manager mold. Like This was a, for us being in the situation that we're in, having some guys banged up, needing to get, get guys some rest, this was the perfect scenario because the game was essentially over midway, early third quarter, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, Botek was never in the game. I mean, it was, I'm trying, when we, I guess when we went up, probably, I guess, 7 nothing. I would say it was probably over. It, I mean, it didn't feel like at the time, but it, it, I mean, it even, certainly it, as the even, game went I mean, on. Even when you're at 14-3 at halftime, it felt like the game was just in hand, right? I mean, they, Virginia Tech crossed the 50-yard line twice in that game. Twice. Both happened in the first half. They never threatened at all in the second half. And we talked about Duke not getting into the red zone against us a couple of weeks ago. And Duke, I think the closest they got was the 33-yard line. It was on that last drive, which was a throwaway drive. This was every bit as dominant a performance on, on Saturday. And I the told you it was coming. You were right. I mean, the, I was confident. I had no and, – and, and answer your question real quick. Go for it. Yes, I would I would have no worries in letting Thrash sit for Thursday. Um, I would let Jawar kind of decide, but if he wants to do kind of like with the Vautech game where he just, you know, maybe does a couple at the beginning and then, then we take a, then we have you take a seat a little bit and then give a little bit more to uh, Gwendo. I mean, that's fine. But I would, yeah, I have no problem because, I mean, listen, you didn't need, no, and I'm saying we don't need thrash down the road, but you didn't need him to, to beat Virginia Tech. You're not going to need him to beat Virginia at home. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. And and I don't think we're going to need Plummer. I mean, Plummer can still be game manager Plummer in this game as well, and we should be able to roll in a similar fashion. You know why? Because this defense is, is absolutely incredible. Awesome. I mean, we need to probably start. I know we still got you know, the way you finish the season matters. We, we obviously we were talking about the 2016 team in totally different terms at this point in the season than we were after they lost to Houston and UK and the bowl game to LSU to end the year. But as of right now, I mean, this defense is in the conversation for the greatest Louisville defense of all time. I don't think that that's overstating things. And we've had some pretty damn stout defenses over the years. I think what sets, I mean, people talk about 2013, the last Charlie team, which was a remarkably talented defense. But the thing about that team was they played so few good offenses. The only real capable offense they played during that season was UCF, and they let them score 38 points and, and could not stop them at all in the second half, and that ended the season essentially. This day, I mean, say what you will about our, our strength of schedule. It's better now than it looked like it was going to be going into the year. Like, like we're playing, I think we've beaten five teams already that are eligible for bowl games, which is not nothing to scoff at. We've played some pretty good quarterbacks. We've played some pretty good offenses. And this defense has absolutely shut down essentially everybody. As in, like Basically, since the first half of the Georgia Tech game, nobody's really gotten loose on us. I mean, Pitt scored 38 points, and you look at that, and you're like, damn, that's, that's 38 points right there. They still only had 288 yards of total offense, and a lot of that came off of, you know, the, the points came off of turnovers, including a pick six late in the game that basically, you know, really separated them. This defense, I mean, Ashton has been remarkable. I saw he made the Pro Football Focus Team of the Week. He's going to be, I'd be shocked if he's not first team All ACC. I'd be shocked if he's not a guy who gets votes, votes for Conference Defensive Player of the Year. But the other guys, I, I mean, you lose Jarvis Brownlee. Storm Duck played fantastic on, on Saturday. He gets banged up. Trey Franklin comes in. He plays well. Gilbert Frierson, two weeks ago, jumps a route against Duke because he's such a good student of the game, uh, sees the screen coming, picks off a pass. You know, Antonio Watts, TJ Quinn, Jalen Alderman, like, like, Stephen Heron, stretched the tone playing his first game, which I, I didn't realize. I guess his girlfriend 
played basketball at Stanford and now is in the WNBA, and so she was in attendance. I'm like, can we get her here for every game? <laughs> See, it came out, he was, he was just ready to go. Like, you know, we're seeing more of Jermaine Lolay out there now, and he's making an impact. Des Tell has been fantastic all season long. Like, this whole Mason Riger has gone from walk on to a guy that they're talking about during the on the broadcast being an NFL caliber prospect. And I agree. Like, he looks like maybe the I best know, defensive I don't player. I know why. I watched Mason Riger. I, know, I can't remember if you. He's a beast. I don't remember if you were a fan of the movie, the program or not, but. Like, I watch Mason Riger. I think of, like, Latimer from the program without the steroids, hopefully. Like, that's my pictures. Like, because he, I don't know. He's an animal. Because he's come out of nowhere and he's just been just, yeah, he's just destroying people. It's beautiful. We have eight people, eight players with at least one sack. Full Which sack. Is nuts. I mean, we're 11 if you count half sacks. We live in 11 the different players. We live in the opponent's backfield. Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's how this team has played all year long. And it's so crazy in hindsight. Remember, because. Whether you know, I don't know where these people are now, but there was a contention of the fan base that was a little bit apprehensive about Jeff Brom. He we, doesn't really want to produce. I mean, we would get those things. He's got the same record as Satterfield, really. Like what, you're basically hiring Satterfield, and and when you got to the ins and the outs of why you wouldn't want Jeff Brom, the argument was basically the same for everybody, and it was you know the running game. He doesn't. He's too focused on the passing game and the defense. He's going to bring over Ron English. He's going to bring over that same defensive system. And it just doesn't work. And the strengths of his first team, which is currently ranked number 13 in the country and poised to go up in about 24 hours, defense and the running game. It, it, it's just, it, it's crazy. I mean, imagine oh, yeah. imagine how this thing could look if we had the caliber of quarterback that we've had so many times here at Louisville over the years or the caliber of, of passing game that we've had so many times over the years. I mean, th- there was talk this summer about, hey, man, like just letting you know, the the one thing we're missing, we are a really, really good quarterback away from being a significant problem. And I was like, cool. You know, they'll be an eight and four team, maybe nine and three. I see what people were talking about. The defense is there. That defense can play with anybody. George Jordan is as good a running back as there is in the country. Isaac Grendel may be as good a backup running back as there is in the country. The yeah, offensive yeah, line yeah, has been great. We're just ignoring Maurice Turner, too. Maurice Turner is a he's speed an, demon over here. He's a breakout star waiting to happen. And if we had, like, a top 10 quarterback in college football and maybe one more receiver that they, they could really step up, like, this would be a team that I would feel confident about going to the college football playoff. Like, if we somehow snuck into the playoff, it'd be the coolest thing ever. I'm not sure that we're ready to play with those the, the other teams that would be in the top three at this point. Bring them. I mean, sure, bring them, because who cares? This point, you know, TCU loses by 75 points last year or whatever. They still got to play for a national title. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play Georgia. I'd like to, I'd, I'll take on Ohio State again, though. I'd play Ohio State. I'd play Michigan right now without their cheating. You know I want FSU. Would love FSU. Well, we have to get through FSU to get there. So well, bring it good. I can't wait it. But in a, I mean, if, if we had that element, whew, there'd be nobody that I think you'd be nervous about playing. There'd be no, like, I don't want, I don't know about we're ready for Georgia. And you, I mean, that's. I think that's what has everybody so excited right now. This is awesome. This is incredible because it's it's a year ahead of schedule, a couple years ahead of schedule. It was unexpected, but you're also looking at this and saying, man, if we can keep this up, if we can keep bringing in that level of talent from the transfer portal, specialty positions, if this is the way the defense is going to play, and we can add in an all caliber quarterback to our coaching staff, which thrives with great quarterbacks, whew, we could be really good for a really long time. I mean, I, I agree, but also like even if the, the the stars don't match what what 
I'm hoping to. I have that much trust in this coaching staff to, to, to bring the most out of whatever player they do bring in. I mean, look at Aiden O'Connor. He's now the starting quarterback yeah. for the Raiders. And he played like, well. And people were like, he's been the best quarterback this whole time. Yeah, it, it showed. Like, he, he really looked like the best quarterback and, yesterday. And, and this is a team that, yeah, when you look at it, is was built in Satterfield's image, right? I mean, this is a run. I think Satterfield wants to run the ball, control the ball, and play defense. And Brahm has taken over team, and yes, pieces have been added, obviously, Plummer and then Thrash and, and here and there. But it's still primarily, I mean, you can only add so much in an offseason. It still had a framework of a Satterfield team, and Brom came in and said, okay, that's how this team's built. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be a run team, and we're going to play defense. And even though it's not my MO, I'm going to do the best at coaching out of it. And he's doing better He's doing better with a Satterfield team than Satterfield did with a Satterfield team. See, I, I, don't, I totally agree with you. Like, we did have 27 newcomers. Like, I think the, the defensive scheme is totally different. The, the I think the the offensive scheme is is still different. It's it's predicated on the run. You're right there. Yeah. But I think that he came in with a different game plan, and, and I respect the fact that I mean, he, I'll pull up the quote from. I Saturday. mean, the plays are different, but the, the scheme is still the same, is it not? A little bit in terms of running the ball first. Well, right, the, that is the mentality. The scheme yeah. is different, but the the wanting to be a team that's predicated on the run, like you said, is you're, you're totally right. But I liked he got asked after the game since the loss to Pitt. You know, this team really seemed to have as has found its groove, especially defensively. What's what's changed? Like, what have you guys figured out? And he said, "Believe it or not, in my opinion, we've coached better." I I love the quote. Yeah, he he, he took the blame for that pit loss on that. Yeah. He said, "I didn't think I coached well in the Pittsburgh game. We were too aggressive. We had turnovers. We gave the other team the ball. On defense, we were probably too aggressive as well." well we let Jeff them, doesn't listen to the show. It yeah. sounds like you talking right there. We let them throw it over our head, so we needed to coach better. Now that we're coaching better, our players are executing very well. We're a little more conservative in our approach, believe it or not, but we're smarter in what we're doing while still being aggressive to a certain degree, and our guys are executing. I mean, he talked, and he goes on to talk about how we really haven't had to open the playbook up, and, and we just kind of have run the – we haven't had to bring the house on defense either. Like, basically, he's like, we're getting home to the quarterback when we're bringing four and five, so we haven't had to just, like, go crazy, you know, wild stunts and bring in seven guys and all this stuff. Like, we're just kind of running our package and beating the absolute crap out of teams, which is awesome. And – I I, I do think that he was to, he's totally right about the pit game. If we had just had the same game plan, mm-hmm. the, the keep it simple, stupid game plan, like we probably win that game. It's not sexy. Maybe we win by ten. Maybe we win by seven. But like you get out of pit without a with a victory, and you're you're nine and zero right now. But I also I don't I mean that's sexier than a W. They learned something too in that game though. Like maybe we're not playing as well as we are right now. Maybe we don't we're not as set up to be competitive in the conference championship game if we don't learn that lesson because I think that Jeff still thought that he had maybe more on offense than he actually does. And now just like, I still think there's a game that Jack Plummer is going to have to win you with his arm and the passing game is going to have to really step up. But for right now, if you can beat teams just running the ball and suffocating them on defense. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's why people were, were talking about, were you upset about not scoring a touchdown in the second half against Duke and kicking three field goals? It's like, no, like we, we didn't have to do anything besides that. The only way that Duke gets back in that game is if we do a bunch of stupid stuff. And I think you realize once we got up 14 nothing against Virginia Tech, the only reason, the only way for them to get back in the game was once again for us to do stupid stuff. Didn't do stupid stuff, one going away. And I think that that's probably the game plan again on Thursday. And like if this is, you know, Mark Ennis coined the term joyless murder ball, talking about Nick Saban in Alabama, I can, people are like, how do you have fun watching this? It's pretty damn fun when you're just sub- <laughs> like sucking the life out of whoever you're playing on a week-to-week basis. It, it, I can get used to this. This is great. I'm not turning it down. Hell no. This is, I mean, after the last, whatever, four or five years, which, by the way, 
Have you seen any of the talking you know, in Cincinnati? I mean, we. They, oh my lord! I saw the quotes after the game after the, their last loss. I mean, he's saying the word "piss." That's how you know he's on tilt. That's and I mean, he I, had to go to church immediately after saying that. I mean, <laughs> like Nippert was empty at the end of that game, and you got fans tweeting out the house that Sad killed. Like you know, you, <laughs> I love you, Cincinnati, so much. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of sports to us. <laughs> Them paying us to take Scott Satterfield and us getting Jeff Brom. It's. It's just remarkable. I mean, they're they're terrible, and he's on tilt. Like, <laughs> oh, they they've lost like seven in a row, right, or six in a row? Six in a row. And the best part is they're a rival. Like we already did, we already hated Cincinnati to begin with, and now this is just the biggest gift. That, this is the gift that keeps on giving, and we've got the keg, and they're never getting it back. <laughs> yeah, Congrats on that Big Twelve birth, though. Beat them in that. We had the bowl win. On, it's just oh, it's beautiful. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it he, is beautiful. He, yeah, I mean, there, there was apparently fire sat chance coming from the student section on Saturday. Oh, it's all, it's all just wonderful. Luckily, there's only 12 students there. And the the one guy who transferred from Cincinnati to Louisville when they hired Scott Satterfield, Jaden Thompson, gets in the end zone yeah. on Saturday. It was just, it's all, it's it's wonderful. He did look like. I do feel bad for Braden Smith a little bit. Man. Dude, you should have stayed, man. Choose your friends. I know. I'm going to say. Jaden Thompson, I was worried, was never going to make the end zone, though. That was a weird play where he's like, it, we, yeah. I thought he pulled up with a cramp. I, I said it on Twitter. It sounded like he, he, he didn't the look like he was Greg moving Jennings very Madden swiftly. Yeah. yeah, it was like, the, <laughs> he broke his leg, put the team on his back, though. No. Like, that was that was Jaden Thompson, which you still haven't seen that clip. You need to watch it. Which clip? The old Madden Greg Jennings clip. The guy's like, put the team on my back. <laughs> I'll check it out. That was Jaden Thompson on Saturday getting in the Remember end zone. Greg Jennings, then? But that was, I mean, that was awesome seeing him get in the end zone. It was also cool to see Jack Plummer get at least get a touchdown pass because he he played so well. You, you wanted the stats to reflect that. He was and eleven of twelve. He was great. I mean, he he did everything that he needed. We didn't really have to throw the ball downfield. The only time he did, he it was it was only incompletion. He kind of kept made sure that it was a, in a place that only our guy could catch it. Jaden stepped up. Chris Bell stepped. Up. Chris Bell also almost killed a guy on a kickoff return. Like we got guys that are, are playing big positions on offense it's and like, defense. I'm Chris, Chris Bell almost killed a guy. Every time that they tried, they elected to return a punt or a kickoff. Like we made them pay. Like we were just destroying dudes every single. I was like, I was like, how how big of a glut of punishment are these guys? What are they doing? It's like take a knee, get out of here with your life, because we're we're just destroying you. It was, it was as much fun as I've had watching a game in a while. Oh, it was wonderful. It was I, mean, when's I, I mean, when's I mean, when's last? I mean, well, I guess this year. I, I mean. Murray stayed aside, but yeah, it was because it was in a quality spot to see us dominate like that. And back to back weeks, I mean, that's 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 three points given up in two weeks. I listened to a little bit of the Virginia Tech reaction, some of their fan sites and some of their their fan podcasts, and like to a person, they were all like, "Yeah, like clearly we weren't ready for prime time, but also we think that Louisville is much much closer to Florida State than we thought going in. Like it was more about them." Than it was about us. We gotta I, go to break. I do love every week, like hearing them talk about, like you know, all the, the, the contenders and the Louisville just gradually the only mm. one surviving, moving up that list, and finally we're gonna have to get some damn respect. Four o'clock hours up next. We'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton Tax Line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. It's on your way next here on fourteen fifty nine six one the Big X. Locked on Kentucky Atlas, only locally owned sports talk. 1450. I'll never leave you in the dark.
Monday edition of the Micro Show. I just realized I'm in her dancing. People are, somebody's looking at me in the window outside. Like, it's hard not to dance. 1459 since one of the big X. I didn't just look during the break at our... We had our big X, big bets, and our pick em segment on Friday. Uh, big X, big bets. As mentioned, two straight losing weeks for me. I'm not happy about it. One loser. And two. Well, still beating you. Still beating you. One not and two. a big loser. I, my bonus did also not hit, so that's not great. But I, I'm I now 11-6-1 and one on the year. I, did, I, I loaded up on the Bengals yesterday. 11-6-1 okay. uh, on the year. You hit the Penn State game. Oh, yeah. I hit it as hard as they hit Maryland. I'm shocked that you hit the Ohio State game after that start. I could not believe it. You're talking about a back. That could have been a that was a Did that make the bad beats for Rutgers fans? Should have. Because that, that was a backdoor cover yeah, if I ever had one. By a point. And then Minnesota, unfortunately, did not cover for you. So, 10 and 8 <laughs> for you on the year. The uh, karma of that was Minnesota. See yeah, how they lost that game? I did. A four, backup throwing a 4th and 11, 30-yard touchdown. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, for them. Go Illini. Uh, I, I'm now 11, 6, and 1 on the year. You're 10 and 8 on the year. The pick segment, we had a bunch of different picks. We ended up with the same record, though, this week. We both went 6 and 4. That's weird. Okay. So I am uh, now 71 and 29. You are 65 and 35. Yeah, I mean, I took K-State. You took Texas. You got that one. I thought I should have gotten that I one. Did say, I, I, did, I did call that right, though, where K-State would keep it close, and, but uh, Texas would not cover. K-State well, would cover. K-State should have won that game. They did terrible play calling on the stretch. Then they missed the... Uh... Extra, extra, but missed one field goal mm. like from 10 yards and yeah. hit a 50 yarder to win it or whatever. We both, uh, not surprisingly, missed Wisconsin versus Indiana. Oh, who, oh good Lord. Didn't I? Yeah, that was bad. We both, uh, that was a nine. That was a good money line pick if you took IU. Yeah, no kidding. We both missed Notre Dame against Clemson. Yeah. And I then was, I blame you on that one. I took Washington. You took USC. Yeah, I, I thought I was that one. That one actually cost me a, a good four team parlay, too. That's a bad some, pick for you. I had a, a nice. I had Kansas, USC. Uh, I can't remember. He was. Okay. Yeah. I, I took LSU. You took. It, it, it cost me a nice chunk of money. And then the last game we had different. I mean, you just turned your back on Jetfish, and it could not have been yours. Which what, is sad. What were you thinking? They were on that card I just mentioned, and yeah. I and I and I, t- I went I went big on them in in real life, and I think the football gods have, have spoken. I think this last. I think you were Jetfish is the West Coast Jeff Brom. He, he's the West. He's the West Coast Brom. And the national championship is being set. It's it's Fish versus Brom. Jed versus Jeff. Worlds collide. I mean, it's he's he's doing a hell of a job out there for sure. This is the guy that we just we ran across as like a joke, and now he's maybe one of the hottest coaches in, yeah. in, in in the country. And I'll give him props too. Like I had, I had a good start to the weekend in, in gambling. And then I, because the, I was very confident about the Notre Dame game, which I should have known something was up. That, uh, no. It kind of ruined all my parlays, ruined my early day. And then I was kind of back and forth in the middle of the day, and I loaded up on Jed at night, money line. <laughs> I was like, Jed's going to save this day for me. And he did. He set the tone for all Sunday, gave me some funds to play with. I love Jedfish. He's my guy. I can't believe you turned your back on him. Uh, Do you remember where Jedfish came from? Oh, no idea. Idaho? <laughs> Not like where he's born. I'm saying. <laughs> No clue. America? <laughs> he yes. actually kind of bounced around. He was he spent one year in New England as the quarterbacks coach before this job. I thought it was like he had like a, a set like no. He answer. he just kind of nomaded. In fact, so you he, just asked for no reason. Well, yeah, I just wanted to see. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Reminder: Thornton took it with the best deals all football season long. Take advantage by becoming a refreshing rewards program member today. Download the refreshing rewards app on your phone. It'll take about thirty seconds. And then you'll be saving yourself some money at the pump. 
Saving some money inside anytime you stop in one of the areas, 96,233 Thornton's locations. Do that and then text us at 502-414-1450. And a little interesting fact, I think we probably brought this up before. Jed Fish and Eagles general manager Howie Roseman were roommates in college. Nice. So they clear that, that room must have been just full of genius. Obviously. Yeah. He's the West Coast Jeff. Texas says, one of my favorite things about this team is not only have they drastically exceeded expectations, but they haven't done it in the way we expect them to do it. It's been with the run game and defense. Couldn't be happier with Brom. This dude can flat out coach. Yep. I listened to, like I said before the break, I was talking about the Virginia Tech reactions and, and some of the, their fan sites, some of their podcasts. And they had, they, they had been very, very complimentary of Jeff and the staff last week. And they all were like, this is a team without a, like, a, a glaring flaw. Like they're, he's like Florida State is the most talented team that we've played so far this season. Louisville's the most rock solid, best coach team we've played this season. Because yeah, they were talking about their losses and you know, they, they lost to bad teams early, but they were all very close games and they felt like they could have you know, could have done something here. They being Vatek. They being Vatek. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Like yeah, they, they, they were like you know we had just inserted drones into the Kyron drones as the starting quarterback here, and yeah you know, we could have won if we'd done this. And they were like the Florida State game, we got off to a terrible start down 22 nothing in the first quarter and then we basically played even with them and, they, and then they were like this is the only game all season long where there's just there's nothing good to take from it like we just got the absolute ish kicked out of us and it was pretty bad and, and there's no like they, they they're flat out way better than we are and i was like that, that's good to hear cuz i feel like we've been saying that a lot of times in recent years and it's nice that the it's nice hearing that from somebody else's mouth texas the best part about all of this is that it isn't a fluke we're actually good in the spirit of positivity, what's been the most rewarding part of the season so far? Honestly, I mean, I'd say... The, the, the defense being as dominant as it is. I mean, that's just... I mean, watching us do what we did to Bot Tech was the closest thing I've had to having sex in like six months. Months, really? Oh, oh yeah, because, I mean, there was... I rubbed, I rubbed up against a girl on, on the bus six months ago. <laughs> you didn't go on a date at AEW that night. Yeah. <laughs> Physical contact. <laughs> I mean, I would honestly say the last two weeks, if, if we're just like, because... It counts to be paid for, right? I mean, no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> the Notre Dame game is, is clearly the most fun and most memorable performance of the season so far. But the last two weeks, like, the, the cool thing about this team is it's not a team that has just, like, peaked early and you're kind of, you feel like you're kind of holding on for dear life. Like, we've dealt in, with injuries the same way that every team does in college football. We're getting better. Like, like we that's a sign of really good coaching and really solid player buy-in that's I, I think portends great things for the future like the fact that we are coming out here and it's not like hey you know, I mean, like we look kind of average in some of those early wins like georgia tech we were lucky to to come back and win indiana a team that had no business i think playing I mean, if we played indiana right now on a neutral field we'd probably be like a, a 17 point favorite and i would feel confident about our ability to cover that spread we had no business being in a tight game with them. We did. NC State has been, you know, fine. NC State's not. They're going to be a bowl team, but the fact that we, they held us to 13 points, like their defense is not that good, and we found a way to win that game. I think that was also a little bit to do with the atmosphere too that we for sure were going into. But like we found a way to, to win, as we were learning, which is super important in college football. Mm-hmm. And now the fact that I mean we're just we're, we're just dominating. Like we and I expect us to dominate again on Thursday. Like like we looked. The last two weeks, I think, have been the most rewarding part of the season for me. Just seeing us get better and seeing us win games like this. Texture says, uh, Brahms' message to his players after winning the last two games by a combined score of 57-3, to quote, don't doubt that you can play better than you have. If you are, you're cheating yourself. 
Kenny Payne's message after losing to Kentucky Wesleyan, well, we're not going to win <laughs> on talent. The fans are just going to have to accept that. One of them gets it, and the other clearly doesn't. Go Cards. Can Brom coach basketball? I mean, he can. I would put money right now. I'll put I'll put hundred dollars says if Brom coached the basketball team, he'd win more games than Kenny Payne good coaching it. I mean, I'm not gonna bet against you there. <laughs> Texas says the show started with the mics not working and then Mike saying that the black one was dangling in front of his face within minutes of the show starting. I'm gonna go bet UMBC money line now. <laughs> the vibes are fine. Vibes are good. As you coughing right there into the throat, it was good a good job. text. Perfect timing. That text got me. Text that chair had a very had a short but very hard life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll since I tell you what when I get home later when I come tonight, because like what happens is when I stand up and I lift up off of it, it just like falls back. I'm gonna take a picture of it and send it to you to see what it looks like before I sit in it today, just to get in, to see if you can. I don't know if you can exactly image put this image in your head. <laughs> What's the old, um, like the, the Hemingway, the, the famous like six word story where he says, you know, crib for sale, never used. He's like, it's a big thing. I think you should just put that on the street and just say chair for sale, seldom used. <laughs> it was seldom used. It's like wow. Now if I bring it down all the way like flat with the with the with the remote. It doesn't have this. It doesn't. It doesn't fall back as much. But it's just that's also very low to the ground and very hard on my knees to get up. <laughs> Texas says it's a, it's, 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 I'm living in, in a very a very interesting conundrum here. A, a what conundrum? You got it. I think it's a quandrum for a second. Quandrum. I am. That's that's what that's what happens in it. That's the difference in it. It's not a conundrum. It's a quandrum. Texas says Gray Gardens, but it's Trevor and his mom. I've been saying this for two years now. The sequel to Grey Gardens needs to be Kelsey Manor, the documentary. It's got to happen. What's Grey Gardens? I, you ask this every single time, and I explain it to you every single time. It's a do, it's a famous documentary about this super rich, very old lady and her uh, adult daughter who's like in her 60s. They, they live together. It's just them. They're constantly fighting. They're constantly bickering. They're so out of touch <laughs> with reality. It's great. It's fa- a fascinating watch. I think you and your mom living together could be sim- very similar. Yeah, but we don't bicker and fight, really. You always complain about your mom. I know, but not to her. Oh, well, that's not because I'm sm- I'm smarter than that. Well, I mean, you also <laughs> got stuck in a chair, so that was yeah. And if I'd been complaining about her to her, and she known about it, she'd have just been like pretending she didn't hear me yelling. Texas says I do not want to know what celebratory activities Trevor was taking part in on that recliner Saturday night. <laughs> it would have been a lot better if it was like something cool, like yeah, I broke the recliner Saturday night. Instead, it was like, no, I it just broke. It was, was just, it just finally took, yeah, I mean, I leaned back in it one too many times. Texas says, Trevor, it's time. Please sign up for a life alert. Do they still have life alerts? I think so. I didn't fall, though. I mean, I couldn't get up. I didn't fall. Texas says, with most people, it's the elderly parent that needs help getting up. It's the exact opposite of Kelsey Manor. Trevor, when you can't get out of your recliner, you've officially entered the I'm too fat stage of life. Well, it's, <laughs> but I didn't need the recliner. I've entered that. I entered that way before the recliner. Like I, I'm just now. I'm wondering, like, do I get a new recliner? Do I just go with like, maybe I shouldn't get one that has like the 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 up and down mechanism because I think that's what like, I don't know. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, <laughs> I mean, Mike? I don't have a frame of reference here. I am just now thinking about you know my my uh, my grandmother who's 
who's awesome. She's now 92. She lives by herself and or 93 now. She's she's by herself and like you know. Prop Sherlin by herself. Yeah, she's she's great. She's yeah, but now she's getting to a point where you know, she'll call my mom. And she's like, I you know I, I fell. I need some help or something like that. Yeah, and it's very much the opposite in your house where it's the forty three year old man. who's like, Mom, Mom, well, I wasn't trying I'm to. Stuck. I'm stuck. And I wasn't. I was really wasn't trying to do it because I mean, I really worked for. I mean, and after like an hour trying to get, I was I was exhausted. Like I had no energy left. I'm like, oh, or now. Nah, so, and then Did it, your life ever flash in front of your eyes? No. <laughs> no, it didn't, unfortunately. I didn't. I wasn't that way. Like, I, I, I could have sat there for a little bit longer unless I had to go to the bathroom or something. But, I mean, but then I could, but what sucked was I couldn't even reach my cigarettes. And I couldn't reach the remote. Like, I couldn't reach anything. Like, oh, I mean, I, I did have the ball in my hand, so that was good. But, but I dropped the lighter when I fell back, so I was kind of screwed there. It was talking about, like, teasing me. I have a friend who is, who is also... On the heavier side, he we went to we went to Asheville for a bachelor party like like eight, seven eight years ago and went whitewater rafting and it wasn't like crazy whitewater rafting it was it was you know it's pretty like you know, there were like families doing it with us too he must be new to the heavier side if he agreed to that well it was so they, they, they definitely like scare you when they give you like the safety talk it's all about like you know do not put if you fall out like you know, you, you, like, you need to swim this way and everyone get your paddles out and help like basically like if you fall out you might die like they're like don't they're like don't let your feet touch the ground because there could be some you know, pointy objects down there, some you know fish or whatever. Like basically, they're, they're like they're basically like just like scaring you to death of falling out. Kind of scared me already. Well, our raft guide. I mean, the thing is, like, people always fall out. Like our raft guide, like sees that we're a bachelor party, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss these guys right at the beginning." So like, we like drill like we've literally been in like 30 seconds, and our raft like tips over, and I I, I managed to stay in. Like everyone's just kind of like laughing. Everyone climbs back in. And our friend, my friend Stephen, who's again a little bit overweight, he like he, the look on his face, like he he like he he was like immediately like, oh my god, I'm going to die. <laughs> and keep in mind, like we're at like two feet of water, like you, you could easily just stand up if you had to. But he's like he's like take, he's like on his back, he's like moving like a cat. And at some point, he just accepts death and like just like stops moving, and just like, like holds his arm down to his right. like, like he literally is like, I'm I'm dead. Like I'm I'm gonna I'm, this is how I'm going to die. And like everybody else is just laughing and having a good time, and he's just like full on like talking to God, like lying us back, looking up at the sky. It was a, it was a wonderful moment. That's how I imagined you at the recliner after uh, struggling for half an hour. I, I'm just curious, how many times did you quote the Mister Building's brother uh, right? Oh right, my right, God, right, the entire trip. The trip to your friends. The entire trip. <laughs> One of my other friends is just like me. Like they, like we didn't even make it there before we started. I was so hungover too. So as you said white water. I'm like he had to have been quoting the, the, that episode over and over. Well, it looked at me like you were making out. <laughs> Two buildings in the same building, one of whom was balding. Is that the only? Is that our only building brother sighting? Yeah, Rod's gone for that. Rod's gone. And then he ditches them. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he did, he did. He's like, Roddy, she's a 10. It's like, well. <laughs> Texas, we can talk football, volleyball, soccer, and women's basketball instead of men's basketball. They don't deserve coverage until they win another game. I do. Well, they're going to get coverage for that. Unfortunately, Texas, I tell you that. <laughs> I do want to give a shout-out to, uh, to men's soccer because last night, they played in the ACC tournament quarterfinals. They're, you know, their RPI is like 39. They had such a great start to the year, but they were very firmly on the NCAA tournament bubble. And they played the number one overall seed in the tournament, number two team in the country, Notre Dame, at Notre Dame. And they get out to a 3 nothing lead, and you're like, oh, this is, this is great. And this team has had trouble finishing games all season long. They allowed Notre Dame to furiously rally back, tie the game at three with like just like two and a half minutes to go. And then Louisville scores the go-ahead goal off a, um, a free kick, uh, free kick header with like a minute fifty to play. Notre Dame gets a, a late chance, 
Spetty makes a crazy save. They clear it. Louisville wins 4-3. I think they're firmly in the NCAA tournament now. And even if they're not, like they, they still can win a conference championship. They'll play at Clemson, who's the number six seed, I believe, on Wednesday night, 8 p.m., ACC Network. If they win that, they'll play for the, the conference championship this weekend. This is a tournament that we've never won. So big-time win for John Michael Hayden and company last night. They get the job done. Huge victory. They're probably going to be going dancing. And this is a team now that is, you know, they're finally starting to get healthy. Injuries played a part in them slotting a little bit towards the end of the season. They could be very, very dangerous in the NCAA tournament. And then field hockey. That's what you get for coming on the show. That's what you get for coming on the show. Field hockey gets into the NCAA tournament for a fifth straight year yesterday. They'll play Iowa on Wednesday in Evanston. Northwestern is the host of the number two overall seed. Louisville beat Northwestern already this season, so a little bit of a mental advantage there. They did lose to Iowa 2-1 to one last month. So field hockey also chasing a national title. Props to them. Volleyball slipped up on Friday against number 10 Georgia Tech. Took a loss in four sets. They bounced back to beat Clemson on Sunday in four sets. So they're still... Georgia Tech's been... Them and Pitt are been like our thorns a little bit, right? They're, yeah. they're the only ones that kind of keep trying to keep pace with us. Yeah, this is the first time we've lost to Georgia Tech since 2018. But they've been a top 10. They, yeah. They've yeah. been that third team that's been right behind us in Pitt. And they and Pitt also lost this weekend. So it, volleyball, I mean, look, we've taken more losses than we have in recent years. I think we have four losses. But if you look at the overall landscape, like everybody's kind of losing. So... I think we're still right there in that short list of teams that can win a national title, and you expect Danny Buspin Kelly to make the, the the right adjustments. So, fall sports are rolling. Feels good. Football is is obviously still rolling. Women's basketball gets going tonight against Cincinnati, and then men's basketball will also play. So, there's lots of good stuff going. On. Now, so is it, is Cincinnati is it the home game? Cincinnati will be on the road. because um, where the men's teams playing at home. I, that's, duh. I should known. I would have traded that, but we could have gone to UMBC for all I care. But. Uh, I was gonna say we should get we need to get signs for thinking the UCAD while we're up there. God, we should. I'm regret. That's my one regret from AW is not making a sign. I don't know what you're thinking. I've never taken a sign to a sporting event, but I would have done that, or just gotten it like you know painted on my chest and take my shirt off and says thank you, Cincinnati AD. We, I just love the people watching. Love you, John Cunningham. John, that's what you said. I love John Cunningham, and I was like, wow, good, good for that couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like be, How progressive! It'd be you, me, and like, and then you get mad at me when I when I only do jokes that only a few people understand. No, I don't. But I do all the time. <laughs> you get mad when it's when I understand it and you don't. I get mad when it's a bad joke <laughs> that nobody cares about. Yeah, well, it's it's where we different opinion. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you got to do for yourself, I'm fine with that. I've been doing it for a while now. Uh, U of O women, by the way, tip off in at Cincinnati is going to be at six o'clock, and you can hear that game. On our sister station, 970 WGTK, uh, the men's game, I believe, will be on 93.9 The Ville on radio if you're looking to tune to hear it there. ACC Network Extra will have the uh, TV coverage for tonight's game on the men's side. 7 o'clock tip-off. We'll talk more about it next hour. I gotta get, get home and watch that. I'm going to get some dinner and go home and watch it. Texas Brahms. We've got Western. I didn't mean to interrupt your text, but we do, don't forget we also have Western on these airwaves starting at uh, 630, I believe. Oh, we do? Yeah, their, their basketball season starts tonight. Who are they playing? Team, opening night schedule sucks. <laughs> not, a lot of, not a lot of good games out there. Uh, no, pregame is at seven thirty. Excuse me, seven thirty, eight o'clock tip off. Oh, you know who they're playing tonight? Who? Kentucky Wesleyan. Are they really? <laughs> they're gonna beat Kentucky Wesleyan in a game that actually counts. Uh, <laughs> go Toppers, baby! Get revenge for me, Toppers. Texas, any opening college basketball lines that you like tonight? I'm not gonna bet on the. I won't bet on Louisville games. Uh 
I would, I would, I'm, I would take, I would take UMBC plus eight. But other than that, I'm not. I don't. I'm not. That line opened up at eleven and a half, and it's already down. It's down to eight. Yeah, it's, it's it, nine. I went on there. there. I went on there on the way here and looked at. It was plus, uh, there was my, we were my, we were minus eight, so they're plus eight. Yeah, you missed it. It was minus nine earlier today. I'm gonna take you. Other than that, I'm. I like to stay away from basketball for like a week or so, just to get so I get a feel who, who get a feel for everybody. Basically, two things stood out to me early when I just kind of peruse because there's not a lot of, there's a lot of bad games today but USC is playing a Kansas State team that is down a couple guys because they got into a bar fight uh, like USC minus two and a half in that game and then I think the UK is the best of us right I think the, I'm not going to bet on it because it would be giving Kentucky my money but I think the Kentucky New Mexico State line is a dummy line like the lines go for you know they're based off the, all these computer models and the computer models they do take into account how good a program has been historically. And NC State has dominated the WAC for the last like two decades. But NC State had to cancel its season in the middle of last year. They you mean to, uh, in New Mexico? State. Mexico State, thank you. Yeah. New Mexico State had to cancel right. its season in the middle of last year. They you know, had to hire an entirely new staff, entirely new coach. They've been through a lot. Like I don't think that they're going to be very good this year. And UK is still, I think, a fifteen and a half point favorite. That seems seems low seems very low yeah that and does seem like a trap like that stood out to me i'm like yeah like that 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 one that one caught my attention those, might, those are the two i might put some money on that myself too there you go bellman's by the way is playing at washington tonight and they're just a 10 and a half point dog i think kentucky wins by 10 and it's just it's i'd rather them at least lose oh you think they're just by 10 so they wouldn't cover yeah that's I my, they cover. that'll be my luck i think yeah i think i'll bet them to cover and then they'll just they'll get a close game but still win and i'll be like damn it Texas says, Trevor, did you hear me obnoxiously holler your name at AEW last week and then sends in a picture uh, like kind of stalking you where you're <laughs> kind of are stalking me there. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did hear I did hear I did hear my name yelled as I was walking. I heard someone uh You said you heard a couple people yell at you. Yeah, when I was while I was walking to my seat, I heard someone yell like TK and that turned out to be our boy Jesse. I think I saw, uh-huh. I saw him afterwards. But yeah, at one point during the show. Because it was kind of quiet during, I think it was, I think it was during the women's match. I swore I did hear someone yell, Trevor Kelsey. I'm sure it was that guy. He's he's, he's pretty close to you. I know. I guess I don't know who that was. I, I, people came up to me and said hi. Somebody also sent me a picture of uh, what they called Virginia Tech Trevor over the weekend, and it looked nothing like you. It was just kind of a, a bigger guy in a Virginia Tech shirt. But oh, hair, it was nothing. He's a little scruffy. He had longer hair, but his hair was like jet black. Oh, God. I haven't had jet black hair since I was in eighth grade. Yeah. Texas says Notre Dame played Joker and the Thief, and Louisville immediately scored the go-ahead goal after squandering a 3-0 lead. I mean, that's what you get. They do. I mean, Eagles play that song after every quarter too. I do like what we're doing. Like, we we trolled an opposing fan base for the second time this year. So we played at the Notre Dame game late in the fourth quarter. We played shipping up to Boston. Yeah, that song. And then on Saturday we played. Inner Sandman. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I heard but, that. Yeah, and I'll give props to the VT fans that were there. Like they were still doing like the jump around thing that they do at games. Like when they played the song, they're down thirty four three and they're like, jumping. I'm like, that's that's dedication. That's commitment. <laughs> that's, that's I, I applaud you. That's that's playing it being in a game that sells beer. <laughs> <It's> alcoholism. <laughs> that's that's what you get when you sell alcohol, people. You get your fans still happy and having a good time down thirty four three. Texas basketball can be fun again too with the right hire, Chris the Palmer. Uh, sure, I agree. I agree one hundred percent, Chris. You're one hundred percent right. Of course, it can. I mean, I bought. I mean, a program. No matter how big a program is, you don't got the right coach. It won't survive, Billy G. Texas says, TK, have you been watching the games from that chair? If yes, you need to hire a man, handyman to fix this. You saw what happened with Pitt when you weren't in that chair. That's a good point. Have you watched yeah. all the games from this chair? Yeah, except for, well, except for Pitt. Well, now Pitt. Technically, I did watch from the chair, but it was also on delay because I remember I had to record the game and then I got I watched it when I got home. 
But like, did you know we lost when you sat down? No, no, I did not. I knew, I knew, I knew we were tied seven all though, because someone spoiled it for me as I was leaving the family. I thing. think you need to fix this chair. I, I mean, the, the chair the still, makes a great point. The chair is still sittable. It's just, I mean, it's not that. I wouldn't say it's uncomfy. Actually, it's just uh, it. It doesn't have the same, you know. Do you own a screwdriver? I mean, I'm pretty sure I've got some orange juice in the fridge. Mm. <laughs> you knew what I meant. You knew what I meant. I don't drink screwdrivers anymore. Not since that that fateful night in Bowling Green, where yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's a story for the podcast day. Can't wait. <laughs> you need to fix. You either need to fix this chair, or you need to just risk it. I think. I'm going to risk it. God, we're going to lose. It's like Miami, you're going to be like wedged in the chair. I just love the fact that... I'd feel so bad if you died. There's going to be a Monday. You're going to be like, where's Trevor at? And then you're just going to have to like, you're going to find me just like... He gave his life for Jeff Brom, quite literally. A lot of people have talked about how they die for Jeff Brom. Trevor was willing to die for Jeff Brom. I ate a salad, didn't I? He ate a salad. (laughs) And then he got himself wedged in a chair. I'm kind of worried, actually. I don't want to say that. As long as I don't sit all the way back... And when I get up, I got to get up slowly because the, the seat does kind of fall back kind of quick. You would haunt me the rest of your and life. And I don't want it to slam against the wall because I've got, like, stuff hanging on the wall. And it just, like, it makes it, I don't want this to fall and break. I'm going to tell you, send you this picture of this chair when I get home and you can just imagine it. I, I, mean, I, I want you to do what we have to do to win games. But if you did something did happen to you, I'd feel really bad. And I know you'd haunt me for the rest of your life. Oh, I wouldn't haunt you. You would absolutely haunt me. No, I'd haunt, I'd, I'd haunt, like, Kentucky fans or something just to be fun. No, you taught me. <laughs> Texas, I'm going to be honest. Kentucky scares me more than Miami. I think Miami will be lifeless after they lose to Florida State. Kentucky loves to play spoiler, and I can't shake the fact that they've kicked our ass the last few times that they've played us. I, I can't either. Agree with that. Te- I, I, you know, this is going to sound. You're going to call me crazy. Kentucky scares me more than Florida State game. Really, I have more confidence going into that Florida State game. And I think it's just because... Kentucky scares me more than Florida State because I think we have more to lose. Exactly. If you're you're asking about my confidence level, I think we're far more likely to beat UK at home. I'm confident we can beat both. I mean, we can. But if you're asking me who I would bet on us beating, what's more likely, I would say UK over FSU. But I'm definitely more scared of that game because the consequences are far more dire if you lose that than if you lose to FSU. And then we've gone into Kentucky games with some confidence in the past. Yeah. And we've seen how it ended. Totally. But that's an understatement. Um, it, it ended much like the life of my chair, just just broken in half. I'm choosing to put stock in the in the fact that Scott Satterfield just couldn't beat a rival if his life depended on or it. Like, mostly he couldn't beat Miami of Ohio. Yeah. How, how the hell could we expect him to come within 13 points of Kentucky? Amen. Texas, the attendance counts aren't correct. Scanners wouldn't read my phone screen, and we had six people coming unscanned. I know we aren't the only ones. Our group brought six kids under 12. They loved it. Got to keep it rolling. And they get the young fans into it. Okay. This has been a common thing. Like, like, so I tried to, the last time we came, they only scanned one of our tickets. And, and the lady was like, I only need to scan one. And I'm like, well, I kind of want my tickets all scanned because I'd, I'd like to add to the attendance. I'm like, I'm here. I think that that's, and I've seen a lot of people say the same thing. So I don't know what's going on with that or how it plays into the attendance numbers. But it does seem like a lot of people just don't get their tickets scanned. Okay. Texas says, so TK played Nothing's Going to Stop Us Now last week, which inspired me and my wife to watch, uh, to make me watch Mannequin on Friday. She and Trevor have the exact same taste in movies outside of Shallow Howl. <laughs> then Mike makes the hilarious comment about Brom coming up with the uniform concepts. The combination of these two made me visualize Jeff as Andrew McCarthy in the beginning of the movie, putting the mannequin together. <laughs> Trevor gets it. Don't I worry get about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
haven't watched Mannequin in a while. It's a good. I, I need to go back and watch Mannequin. On that note, we'll take a break. When we come back. I More from you guys. Watch season one of uh, Night. Rewatching Night Court this weekend too. Why are you rewatching Night Court? Because it's fun. Night Court's a good show. Back with more after this here on 1450 and 961. Mike Rutherford Show on the Big Ups. Diamonds has a sale. You know it's the real deal. And it's has it. Last night I had the strangest dream. I sailed away to China in a little robot to find ya. And you said you had to get your laundry clean. Didn't want no one to hold you. What does that mean? And you said, Nothing gonna break my stride. Nobody gonna slow me down. Oh no, I got to keep up. lyrics were to that song? What do you mean? Like, what he actually says in the ver- first verse? Like, what he would, like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not trying to, like, like break down lyrics to the Matthew Wilder, but he says he has the strangest dream. He sailed away to China on a little red, on a, on a little rowboat to find you, and your response was, I have to get my laundry cleaned. <laughs> I do not get that. <laughs> so this guy... Takes a rowboat all the way to China to see you, and your answer is my laundry isn't clean. And of course, the next line is, you know, what does that mean? And I'm really wanting to know what it means. Songs just had different, different meaning in the early eighties. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> the way it went. He's like, hey, it's, it's catchy and it rhymes. Do we really need meaning in this? Uh, this is so when you cut me off, I was actually about to say like this, is, this is one of those shows that we could talk sports for like eight hours, and then you just go yeah. into the break my stride lyrics. Like, uh, well, well, we also talk about me breaking my chair too. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 there's a whole lot going on. Is my point? There is. You got the cards, football team rolling, reacting to a win over Virginia Tech, talking about CFP rankings, conference championship races, all that good stuff. You know, other U of L teams in postseason play, basketball opening night. I mean. In years past, a basketball opening night would be that's three hours right there. Like you're talking about the game itself, you're talking about expectations, you're talking about, you know, what could happen this year, who needs to play well, who's gonna be the highest score. And uh, this year's a little bit different, but we did it last year though. We did. I mean, a little I mean, bit. Well, I mean, last year was a little bit different. Right? I think there was at least some I was still positive. Some hope there. I mean, there was some, you know, thought that maybe this, you know <laughs> also the expectations were lowered, but they weren't like you know, it was it was like, hey, if they win 14, 15 games this year, it's not great, but that's okay. Like, it, it, we, we can we, we can work with that, and we'll see how Kenny Payne starts recruiting and all that stuff. And now things have uh, things have changed, Trev. Things, uh, are, things are a little bit different 12 uh, months later. I like the way you described that. There was little hope then, opposed to now zero hope. <laughs> there's not much hope right now, if we're being honest. There's not. They can change that by... I mean, does a win tonight change it? Only. No, winning more. The, 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 you know, winning these first three games and then being competitive... Up in New York in, in a couple of weeks, I think would change things. But 
outside of that, no. Like the, you, you got to win, and I don't think there's much faith in this team's ability to win. Right I now. agree, and I will say this though: the faith is not changed, but it did for about I don't know, maybe forty-five seconds to a minute or so, for about three minutes, I guess. I had, I had, I actually had hope and excitement for this basketball game tonight, and it was while watching the the. Denny Crumb tribute. Video the Denny Crumb tribute. It got me. Like that, it got me last It night. got me last night. I was like, in the middle, I'm like, come on, let's play some basketball. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember what kind of basketball we were going to play. And I got sad again. But I think a lot of people did see that, and they're like, we need to. Like, I'm pissed off, but we need to. If you've got tickets, make the game out there. Restore your respect for Denny. And let's try to win this one because it would be embarrassing to to, to lose on Denny Crumb. And you know it means a lot to Kenny Payne as well. I know we're all down on Kenny Payne. It's not like he's out there trying to lose. And Denny Crum is somebody who meant a great deal to him. I'm sure that he wants to win tonight more than anybody. And I'm hoping it happens because if you don't win this one, then it's like, okay, like, are we going to win a game this I year? I feel like the scene in, the scene in We Are Marshall when the the, 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 the one coach already quit. And he's like, how do, you, we, 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 how do we honor a man whose sole, sole purpose was to win? We put together a team that can't win. Okay. I was getting ready to – we were going to make a quick target run last night, and my next-door neighbor, Pam, she has this woman, uh, Rita, who's like a diehard UofL fan. She's over there, always over there helping out with stuff. Uh, so She talks to me about Louisville sports all the time, and she very much, like last year, was like, are you one of these, like, Kenny can't coach type guys? And I was like, we kind of. <laughs> like, I was like, no, I was like I don't, I'm not going to color it nicely for you. I was like, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Like, I, I'm down on the future of UofL basketball, and she was very much a – like, I, I think he's the right guy. You got to give him some time. We'll see what happens. And as we're like, I talked to her for a little bit yesterday. And as I'm getting ready to pull out, like, she like comes up and she's like, Mike. And she like has me roll down the window. And she's like, by the way, Kenny can't coach. <laughs> she's like, I'm sorry. She, but she but she made it a point to say, like, the Denny Crumb stuff that, that's happening. Like, she was like, I, I was thinking about not going to the game just because I'm so upset about things. But I've got to be there for Denny. I've got, I've got to, you know, they're doing this dedication of a seat for him where, the seat that he always said at the KFCM Center is going That's to be cool. black in his honor. And you know, Susan Sweeney talked about Susan Sweeney Carum talked yesterday on the on the news about how like this is John Wooden. They did the same thing for him at, at Pauley Pavilion, and he thought it was like one of the greatest honors you could give. And she's like, I'm sure Denny would think this was one of the greatest honors as well. Like that'll be very very cool to see. They're, they're going to do like, a halftime ceremony. Like it, it'll be certainly an emotional night, and I hope that the fan base shows up to the extent that they're going to. I know it's not going to be great. But hopefully the team can can give us some some cause for optimism and at least like like they did last year with the Clemson game with the 2013 team being honored take advantage of the the moment and that'd be awesome yeah give us something give us something nice give us at least one night of positivity or at least somewhat positivity because if you win by four people are gonna be like okay cool glad we didn't lose but not feeling a whole lot better about the rest of the season I'll be honest at this point even a four point win might get me slightly excited I'd be fine I mean like I'll be happy for it but it, it won't change anything about the way that I what I think is going to happen over the four months ahead. I'll yeah, say but, that. But see, I already don't expect the team to not play well. I also expect them not to win, so at least I get half of that wrong. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that I, I do think that we'll talk more about the game next hour. Like, I do think they'll they'll win tonight. They should. If they don't, then you look at the schedule and you're like, I think there's one team on the schedule worse than this one, and it's Coppin State. Like, are we going to win four games again this year? This this should be a win tonight, but we'll see what happens. Uh, go back to the text line here to wrap up hour number two. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Texas says, where do you foresee the next quarterback uh, to come from, somewhat in-house or transfer? We got the question pretty consistently throughout the season. 
my answer has not changed. I, I, I think that they will hit the transfer portal I for agree. another quarterback. Like I, you lose, don't we have a? Did we get a? I know we got a receiver commitment over the weekend, but I want to talk about that too. I know, but didn't we also didn't? I think didn't Brian get a, a quarterback commitment a couple not too long ago as well for somebody? And might be a future class a little bit farther down the road that I'm thinking of though. No, Deuce Adams committed a long time ago. He's coming yeah, in next him. year. Husan Longstreet is, is the big name that's out there. He is down to eight schools. We announced that last week. The 2025 quarterback, who's one of the best quarterbacks in that entire class, and he was in town for the. The Notre Dame game, which is great. He also has a brother who's on the team right now as a freshman. That's also good. So I think that they like him a lot. They feel pretty good about him. He narrowed his list of schools to eight last week, and we were on there. So well, maybe that's what I was thinking about. I, I you know, move recruiting. Here was the quote that that Longstreet said in a story by Twenty Four Seven Sports. He, he did, they did the thing where it's like, hey, talk about all your eight finalists and tell us what you like about him. And he said this about Louisville. He said, my older brother Kevin plays there. And I've had a few really good visits. I was there for the Notre Dame game, and I loved the atmosphere. The crowd was unreal, and I really like the direction the program is going. I like the offense, too. It's an NFL-style offense, and I think I would fit in really well there. That's, I think you feel good about that. But, I mean, you're going to – and all this talk about nine quarterbacks on the roster and all that stuff, you're losing the top three on, on the depth chart right now for next season. Conley, I, I mean, I don't know if he can find another year somewhere, like another 15th year, but Conley, I think, is going to go – I mean, there's no. I mean, Conley's gone. Doman's gone. Plummer's gone. So that leaves you with, you know, can Pierce Clarkson be ready as a redshirt freshman? Can Brady Allen be ready after looking like he was kind of behind? Do you take a chance with Harrison Bailey and try to develop him? Everybody else is a well, Bailey is a walk-on, but the other guys are walk-ons that are, are lower on the depth chart. You have Deuce Adams coming in, a freshman that I know they really like, but probably not enough to start him as a true freshman. Like I feel like they're going to go out there and get. Even if he's not like the full-on starter, maybe he gets beaten out. But I think they're going to go out there and get a guy from the transfer portal that they feel like can be their Jack Plummer, maybe an upgrade from Jack Plummer next season, if I had to guess. I wonder what names are available. Because I, I couldn't even tell you who has those ability left anymore. Or not. I mean, we know there are going to be big names out there because they're big names every year in the transfer yeah. portal. I mean, like it's going to be somebody leaving. I mean, you probably know there's – I mean, um, the kid from Florida State who got beat out by McCord, maybe Brown, he may transfer out. I mean – They're going to be big names. I mean, every, yeah. This year, more than half of the starting quarterbacks in the Power Five are, are transfers. Like, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a five-star somewhere who realizes that he's not going to get playing time next season, and he's like, all right, I don't want to wait another year. I'm in the portal. The kid from Tulane has already made it known that he's going to be in the portal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just going to keep happening. So there will be an attract. And, and, I mean, hell, we were a big unknown last year. Like, we were playing from behind last season because guys were already in the portal in late November, early December. Jeff didn't get the job until a couple weeks after that had happened. And it's kind of a question mark. You know, you've got so many quarterbacks on the roster. What are they going to do? How's it going to work? And now I think if you're a, a guy who's a backup at, like, I don't know, LSU, and you want to go somewhere and play immediately, like, damn, Louisville went 11-1 and last year, 10-2 and last year, like, with a kind of average quarterback. I could go there and make them even better. Like, it has to be an attractive landing spot for a lot of people that are mm-hmm. looking for immediate plans. And the top three uh, passers in college football right now are all transfers. Yeah. I mean, it's Phoenix Williams and Sanders. Ain't changing anytime soon. Nope. Texas says the only reason Jack should ever shave the mustache is if so many women are throwing themselves at him, it's becoming a distraction to the team. On second thought, that can't even be a reason he nope. would just have to toughen up and take one for the team. I agree. Tough it up. He's got he's mustache Jack now. He's got to be mustache Jack. Good name. Better than some other names. <laughs> Texture says, Mike and TK, a few things. One, it's totally acceptable to crush on your own tweet game. Thank you. 
Two, Orange Bowl 2006 and Lamar 2016 were special, but this might be my favorite season of Louisville football yet because of everything we've gone through to get here. Couldn't be happier. Three, and this is for no reason in particular, the money line on UMBC is plus 285. I'm not taking the money line. I'm just taking the spread. I'm, I can't. I, 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 I got to have somewhat still some hope in my own team. I can't bet against them. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I don't bet oh, I can bet against them, but I, I'm, I'm not. Uh, eight points I can take. I can't, I'm not, I can't do the money line. I, I just can't bring myself to do that. I do think, I mean, this may be. This is if it's not the most fun I've had following a Louisville football team, it's close to it. Like 06, it was so, like that was so different. It, it was so new, and it was like for a, a kid that grew up in the era era that we did, where I mean, Louisville playing for a national title was like what? Like you know, you can't even, you couldn't even envision it. You still kind of can, mm, but like that was the first year where it was, it felt like something you could reach out and grab. Like Louisville vaulting into the top ten. And beating West Virginia and getting up to number three in the country and knowing the top two teams were going to play each other. Like, that whole year, just, like, knowing knowing that it felt possible for the first time in my lifetime was was amazing. And then in 2016, the first, I mean, the last three weeks sucked. But the first ten games of that year where it's Lamar mania and the team is ranked in the top five for so much of that season, like, that was awfully fun. This is great, I think, like the texture said, because you've kind of, you've gone through some unexpected trials and tribulations I mean, Bobby Petrino 2.0 bottoming out in 2018, hiring a guy that was just, you know, okay, but not great and, and not terrible and was was annoying. And then now getting back to this point where you were like, you kind of thought you were going to be here in the ACC for more than you have been for the last decade. It feels, it, it makes it that much better. The struggles of the last five years, I think, make this sweeter. Well, this is a summertime topic a little bit, but not including this year so far. We'll put it aside and, and, and give it its own little category maybe, but. Your top three football seasons in your lifetime. Just from like a, how much as I enjoy a fan, them? Yeah, you're, as you as a fan. It doesn't have to be the most successful. I mean, I'm sure they'll go hand in hand with your choices a little bit, but like off top, maybe I'll stop quick off the top of your head what would be some of your top three, in no particular order even. Maybe. I mean, I'd probably go with what the three that I just mentioned. Like, 04 was great, but I, I would go 06. 04 20s. is probably my favorite. 04, day. I think, was the best team. As far as like fan enjoyability, I would say 2006, 2016, and then right now. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't gonna let right now count a little bit just. Oh, yeah, uh, if you're, if I'm doing a third that, one outside yeah. of that, I would say. Because then I would want to be either like twenty, either 2004 or 2012. Probably 2013. The team was so great, but the, the schedule just sucked so badly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we still we were still fun to watch because we were blowing people out. Yeah, I'd say probably 2012. Because it ended on such a high note, and it was you know starting off nine and zero was great, and then it, it was the Rutgers game after two losses was such a, a high point. Getting to the the Sugar Bowl and then actually winning the Sugar Bowl was wonderful. I, I'd say 2012 if, if we're not counting this year, but I think this year would be in the top three for me in terms of just most fun from a fan enjoyability standpoint. I mean, oh four, oh six, oh one, also the the, the one was the, good. The, the eleven, I mean, that was kind of the first double digit win season. I got to have as you know, kind of a, as as a fan. Finally, got over the hump and won that Liberty Bowl. Yeah. Felt good. And even though it doesn't have the same record, I mean, I agree with you. Like sixteen, just because just the Lamar effect alone. Like even with the even uh, unfortunately, you know, with the losses, the way the season ended with the with, you know, the Clemson and the three straight Houston. That season, just watching just every game, getting to watch Lamar and wondering what's going to happen was just was, so was just so fun. And then you know, you forget before the Houston loss, it was even after the Clemson loss, you were like. We still had a shot. We still yeah. thought we did. Yeah, exactly. Your scoreboard watching and your your, your yeah. top five and like I remember I remember going to the Boston College game and then leaving and finding out that Texas A and M lost and like that was as much of a celebration as our win was. I remember going to a Halloween party and coming home and seeing that 
I think it was Ohio State lost a, a game to somebody bad, and like it was like, oh my god, like I can't believe that happened. Like that helps us out too. Like that was so much fun. It ended terribly, but the first ten weeks were just the best. The other four one though, just I mean, that was the one. That was the, like, the one of the so first good. year, despite losing to Miami, was that I thought I felt like we were on to compete with. We could compete yeah. on any national states. Totally stage. agree. That was the first time I've ever fall where I'm like, we. I'm, there's nobody that scares me. Like this team no. can play with anybody. And I was, I mean, that Miami game. I remember I still watched it with my buddy, our, our listener saves him. At the time, was a Miami fan. He is not as much so far now. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost broke my foot kicking the wall at Beeple Brady said we lost the game. Texter says, Virginia is ranked 112 in rushing defense. Sitting Jordan shouldn't be a problem. That's kind of my thought, too. I mean, I wouldn't. If he wants to give it a shot and get out there, I didn't realize he had 14 carries in the same Saturday. I felt he had less than that for some reason. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he wants to go out there and give it a shot, but if he's like, you know, hey, maybe, maybe – we'll, We'll give you a light sentence for for this weekend because we've got I mean we've got Turner and you've got Gwendo we've got plenty of guys to feed. He's definitely one of those guys though that I feel like you know if he can walk, let, they're not keeping him off the field. And I, I, this could be a game where like he goes out there, plays the first series. Maybe you go right to Isaac in the second series if it looks like and, and if it looks like it's going to be one of those games where we're just going to run away from them. You, you go ahead and just rest Josh the second half and let him take a week and a half to get ready for Miami because Lord knows we're going to need him down the stretch here. But I did like because I mentioned the the injury reports on Friday. I was breaking the story about the linemen, and we talked about Brian Hudson specifically on Friday. And I did like you know people were talking to me after the game after the show, and they're like, yeah, he didn't practice. He hadn't practiced the last four weeks. Like he's going to play in this game. Like you can, he's been limited. He's he's not a hundred percent at all. But he's definitely a guy. Like Jeff said after the the, the game on Saturday. You'd have to cut his leg off for him for him to not play in a game like he's that kind of dude. Especially a guy who came from Virginia Tech and got a chance to play against Virginia Tech. He's been he's a rock solid force for that offense. Virginia has given up over 100 yards in every game and at least one touchdown in every game rushing. It's a bad defense. They gave 300 just this last week to Georgia Tech. Which, by the way, I ran on that spread. Tech getting plus one and a half. This is, the Tech men are rolling, baby. Tech. I mean, for all the talk they're about, good. They are. They're, they're. I said they're frisky. They're they're yeah, frisky. Frisky. For, for all the talk about, you know, Louisville, so lucky this year in in their football scheduling. It's like, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, we we had to play Georgia Tech first game. They're right now third in the conference. Had to play BC. They're three and two. They're bowl eligible. Uh, Duke way better than anybody thought. Three and two, six and three. NC State three and two, six and three. Virginia Tech three and two. All those teams at the bottom of the standings are the teams that we haven't played. Well, and, and one that beat us <laughs> in Pitt, Syracuse, Wake. I feel like our timing has just been perfect for every game too. Like getting Tech at the beginning of the season before they've meshed. Yeah, I know. I know we've meshed. We've, we've improved obviously as well. But well, they still they damn near beat us. That's true. That's true. I mean, that's that's the I think the result of us being a little sloppy too. Maybe obviously. Yeah, for sure. But getting 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 Duke, you know, kind of fall after they've already kind of had the bubble popped against. You know, Notre Dame helped a little bit. Notre Dame maybe over overzealous after the Ohio State win. Whatever it may be, you can say. But regardless, we still got them done. Yeah. Texture says, well, Trevor, I was right about IR, just wrong about the Eagles player. I appreciate your guys doing their best to give that game away, but Dallas will never be best at snatching defeat from victory. Better gets Hurts healthy. Oh. What about the what do you mean, what about IR? He said, um... They're gonna brotherly shove Hertz right onto the IR. Oh, well, he's not on the IR. Yeah, he he took he took one little shot to the knee, but then he came right back in. Yeah, 
Yeah, Hurts actually didn't turn the ball over a lot this game. That was that was that was a weird ending to that game. It should have never been that close because we somewhat thoroughly dominated Dallas in the second half. Texas says, "Can you imagine the stress those poor screws have had to endure in that chair?" <laughs> you think you're what's this favorite question? You think you're having a stress week? Think about the fabrics in my pants. Texas also <laughs> says, "Does the city of New Albany pay for these ads?" I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how the, how the ads work here. Yeah, if you have an ad playing, it, you paid for it. We don't put anything on for free. We don't love New Albany that much that we're just playing. No, yeah, through. you give us money, we'll play your ad. You want you want to you want to send us fifty bucks? We'll let you fart on the air for thirty seconds every so often during a break. Texas, I see the cards are favored by nine tonight. Is that a little steep? I feel like Louisville could win, but I also feel like it's a last possession kind of game. Well, I mean, that's just no, no. Even the bookies have not lost that much faith in right away. Now we lose tonight. Who's our second game against? Uh, Ch- uh, it'll be Chattanooga on Friday. I mean, the line in that game would be, what, like four? Yeah, Chattanooga's better than UMBC. Yeah. I mean, at least they should be. win or lose, I mean, I guess the line would probably be smaller. But if we lose tonight, that Chattanooga line. I mean, we're not going to be okay. we're gonna be underdogs at home against Coppin State. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> that's the one game where it's not. Look, Did that ever happen to the didn't have That didn't happen last year, right? No, yeah, we were, we were an underdog to Lipscomb. Where, I thought was that. Was yeah. it? And they beat us. Well, <laughs> Bookies know what they're talking Yeah, because that was the game afterwards where Jalen Withers was like, I don't He's like, we were, we're kind of overlooking him. We weren't uh, really focused. And I was like, you were an underdog at home to Lipscomb. What are you doing? Those dark moments as a child, I've, I've blanked that part out of my memory. <laughs> yeah. We, we were under, we were still favorites against, like, um, I mean, we were underdogs against Maryland when they came here. Well, Maryland, I know. Yeah, games, yeah, but, that's fine. But yeah. uh, Lipscomb was the one non-power conference team that came here, and I think they covered They beat us by eight. <laughs> Yeah, because they couldn't have been more than one or two point favorites. That was honestly the most infuriating. Like out of all the things that Kenny Payne said that pissed me off, the Jalen Withers, like, yeah, we. Just, I'm like, we weren't focused. I'm like, you were two and nine and home underdog to Lipscomb. How are you not taking them seriously? Like, what part of like you guys aren't good do you not understand? That drove me absolutely crazy. Almost they're lost. just more talented than we are. They, I mean, they pretty much were last. Well, they weren't. I don't know what I'm saying. But no, they were not. Texas, I took UMBC on a parlay and I could win thirty three hundred thirty seven dollars. Am I a bad fan? No, take. The, I mean, if, you, if we're going to lose, I'm not judging anybody this this year. I've said yeah, it before. Listen, we're going to lose a game. At least get some profit out of it, dude. We're not going to lose tonight. If we lose tonight, you get about to like all any sort of like. Watch what you say here now, because my optimism has been. Like, well, I'm using optimism very loosely. Oh, I know. I've been talking about the non-conference schedule, about how it sucks, and and like these teams just aren't good, and we we should be able to win God, at least six of these games, and that's not doing anything significant. If we lose this one tonight, it, like I, 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 we'll be careful now because you may have to hold up to this. If because, we lose this one tonight, I will not hold back from. If anybody wants to talk about candidates, we can do coaching lists. Or, like it's over. If we lose tonight, it's done. There's no, there's nothing to be done outside of that. The season's done. Now, what was tonight. you picked this? I, I reiterate this m- multiple times, but now the original out of conference because you picked us to win eight games, and I picked three. No, right? seven. Seven. I picked three. Yeah, I said seven and four. You said three and eight. Yeah. So you'll come closer to me if you lose tonight. If we lose, oh yeah, if we lose this one, then you're, you're going to join me in the chair. I, Eric Crawford tried. Like this is a season opener with postseason urgency feel. Like you've got to win this. That's game. insane. Let's go to break. Five o'clock hours up next. We will talk more about UMBC. Hear more from you on the text line as well. It's the Mike Weatherford Show Monday edition here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Sports Radio, 1450 and 96.1.
We're just talking, baby. Talking nigga. Five o'clock hour. Feel good Monday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. As we keep celebrating the win over Virginia Tech, we are going to have to talk more basketball this hour, so maybe just. <laughs> <laughs> it's like quicker. I wish, tra- I, had, I wish I had the prices right, the wrong answer. Are <laughs> you just like transition it to like all around me are familiar <laughs> <Your> faces? <laughs> Everybody hurts. Have you seen so, so now, real, real quickly before we, we talk a little basketball? There is a, the, 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 I guess there are all these reports that have come out in the last, since we started the show about. Michigan is now claiming that all these different schools are, are been stealing signs for the last three years, and you know other former st- staffers from other Big Ten schools are like we stole signs too. There also there was like a flood of Michigan fans in the city over the weekend. I don't know what was going on, but somebody sent me a picture before the game of like two Michigan fans decked out of Michigan stuff. Like and one guy's like taking a picture at midfield. I'm like, is this Stallions? Is is he like is he still at it? Is he is he coming back? There were some Michigan fans in the flight deck. I went to the last two weeks. I've gotten my pound for pound the best fish in the city. My dad used to get it when we were growing up. They've been doing it for like 90 years. There's a in the fall months. There's a suburban lodge on Third Street. Does a, a fish fry. It's, it, the fish is incredible. And so I've gone the last two weeks. I went last week. We beat the, the piss out of Duke. So I took the kids this week. Got some fish. Brought it back. Ate it. We went. I may have to do it again. I'll like they don't do it on Thursday. But two Saturdays from now, I'm gonna have to go back. But there were like five fans in Michigan stuff there. So I don't know what's going on. I mean, I know some Michigan fans that live in Louisville, but like they're all wearing their Michigan stuff everywhere. Like it just—it seems rare to see that many Michigan fans on one Saturday. And then I see today that on three has Louisville playing Michigan in the Rose in the Orange Bowl. Uh-oh. So I'm like, oh, it all makes sense now. The opera—they haven't stopped the operation. They're, they're just moving smarter. They're not working harder. They're working smarter. <laughs> Two things. One, I love the—I don't know who you retweeted at the. The school, school said, like, the welcomed and including everyone, including... It was New Mexico. New Mexico. <laughs> it was, I can't remember who it was. It's, because it's just the fact it was a smaller school was hilarious. It said, it's, welcome, uh, welcome, Connor Stallions, like we assume in parentheses. Yeah. <laughs> also, I... Is that, like, and I, they were down, like, 65 to 7 when they, when they tweeted that picture of the scoreboard, which was great. And by the way, it feels, I feel a little bad for Connor Stallions. I mean, this, this dude literally just got fired for doing just doing what he was hired to do. Yeah, but he's also going to be able to sell a book for like a billion dollars. I guess. I'm just saying, how can you fire us, Mike, for for firing you? I just did what you hired me to do. I don't like that. Like, well, yeah, but you got caught doing it. I know. I mean, what? I don't. I don't. Yeah. Low-level staffers are always just you know. It's easy to pin all the blame on them. Well, it's no pity. I mean, that's how can you? He did his job. Right, but like, you know, Michigan's claiming he was like a rogue staffer. Like, oh, okay, he was yeah. just doing this all on his own. When very clearly it was a concerted operation. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like that. College Football Report has a tweet out about the story about the the former employee at a Big Ten football program saying that it was his job to steal. And the picture they used to tease the story is Harbaugh yucking it up with Jeff Brom in a Purdue shirt before the Big Ten championship game last year. I don't like that. Get that picture out of my face. Get it off my timeline. I don't want. I don't even care because it's like people are like, "Oh, you, you're mad that it's linking Jeff Brom to cheating." No, I just don't want to see him produce stuff. It's like seeing That's pictures cool, of your yeah. of your girlfriend with her ex boyfriend. I don't want to see that. Yeah, Get see it out that. of my yeah, face. Yeah. Get it away from here. Uh, all right, are you ready to talk basketball? No. We're going to talk basketball. Mm. We've talked. We will get back to the text line, which I'm sure will lead us back towards football. But my God, it's opening night. For the U of L men's well, we basketball season. We had an exhibition game. That was an opening night, and we lost. So, Well, that's just like tonight, then. It's the first game 
of the second year of the Kenny Payne era. Louisville will take on UMBC tonight at 7. They're going to honor Denny Crum all night long. That should be very, very cool, very, very touching. The video they put out yesterday I thought was fantastic. It was awesome. Louisville's a nine-point favorite. ACC Network Extra has the t- TV coverage. 93.9 The Ville will have the radio coverage. We'll have uh, on 970 the UofL women's game, which is about to tip off in less than an hour. So I still got to stream the game. So what? Yeah, you have to stream it. Watch ESPN. Kent Taylor, Jody Demling on the call tonight. First time these two teams have ever played. It's the only opponent on UofL's schedule that we've never played. UMBC, you may have remember them from uh, beating Virginia and becoming the first 16 seed to ever knock off a one. Here's, real quickly, we don't need to dive too deeply into this, but here's what you need to know about UMBC. They were not great last year, not terrible. Their coach is uh, Jim Ferry, who was the head coach twice before. He was the head coach at LIU Brooklyn, ran like one of the fastest offenses out there, made the NCAA tournament twice, then took over at Duquesne, had a pretty bad five-year run, got on the staff at Penn State. He was the interim head coach at Penn State three seasons ago when Pat Chambers had to step down because all the stuff came out, and he did a good job there. He plays a very fun-and-gun style. They're very up-tempo. They take a lot of threes. They, they want threes and layups, very new uh, analytical style offense. The defense has been bad for a long time. He's an offensive guy. He's not a defensive guy. They've ranked. This will be his third season at UMBC. They've ranked in the the three hundreds in adjusted defensive efficiency in all their their previous two seasons. So they are offense first. They scored about seventy five points per game last year. It was third in the America East. They started off well, played well. Then they they faded late. They lost five of their last six games. Finished eighteen and fourteen, eight and eight in their conference, and lost in their first game of their conference tournament uh, quarterfinals. They have an entirely different roster this year. Like, this man loves the transfer portal. He brought in eight new guys last season. A bunch of them left. A bunch of them graduated. Out of his 13 scholarship players this year, 11 of them are newcomers, which is making them kind of hard to evaluate. The only guy that they returned to play significant minutes last year is Deion Brown, who was a freshman last season. He averaged about 7.7 points. Really came on for them late. They're expecting him to be a guy who plays a much larger role this season. Now, the, the weird thing about this roster and the reason why you see them popping up in the 300s and all of these, hey, we're ranking all 362 teams, preview pieces, the, the guys that they're getting of the transfer portal are not, it's not like, hey, this guy was a a player at SMU who averaged 15 points and wants like even more playing time here. It's They're not good transfers. So the four guys that are probably going to start for them tonight, Bryce Johnson played at Chicago State, maybe the worst program in college basketball, and wasn't even a double-figure scorer. Averaged 9.6 points per game. Marcus Banks comes from Odessa College, which is a junior college, and averaged 7.7 points. Kadarius Smith averaged 7.8 points at USC Upstate. And Max Lorca-Lloyd transferred from Penn, where he only averaged uh, 3.6 rebounds and less than 2 points per game. Those are their starters for this year. So, again, the fact that we're only favored by 9 points in this game is embarrassing uh, to, to like any normal Louisville team is expected to win this game by 20 plus points and should win this game by 20 plus points, but they are well coached. I think Ferry knows what he's doing. They don't, despite playing at such a high tempo, they don't turn the ball over very much. They were 13th in the country in turnover rate last year. They led the America East in assist to turnover rate. Like they have a, a, a system that works. They don't play very good defense. We should be able to get open shots. We got open shots against Kentucky Wesleyan. We just didn't make any of these open shots. So, we should be able to score. I don't think we're going to turn them over. Uh, I think defensively, if we're not focused, if we're not 
in defending positions they're going to take full advantage of us and, and make it a dicey game but there's nothing nothing about this opponent that should be scary this isn't like Bellarmine last year where it's like ooh for a first for a new head coach in a, in a first game they're a difficult team to defend you know exactly what UMBC is going to do you know that you can fully accentuate your advantages in, in, in skill and athleticism like there is really no excuse for this game to be close anxious, weird moments in the, in the final few minutes. Am I confident that that's not going to happen? No, but there's no excuse for it. That's that's my quick UMBC preview. No excuse, huh? No excuse. I think I got three names on a bench for a good excuse. I'm just saying. There's there's no – this one should be – There's an excuse, all right. This should be a game where we look good tonight. Should, there's a, I'm going to praise that, I guess. I have three reasons I don't have an excuse. We said this before, though. The good thing is if you do lose this game, at least UMBC is not going to make the biggest deal in the world of it because it's, it's never going to be their biggest win in program history. <laughs> it's not going to be like Kentucky Wesleyan. They've got a bigger one. That, that's, 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 what I, that's, that's what I have to, to lay back and feel comfortable in, right? What is your – let's do the confidence level thing because you've been spot on with football. When you've been like – when I thought you've been overly confident, we've won and we've looked good. Um, you've been a little bit nervous a few times, not much. But tonight – Scale of 1 to 10, 1, no chance we win, 10, no chance we lose. Where's your confidence level for Louisville beating UMBC in its first game of the season? 4.2. So you legitimately think we're going to lose? I legitimately think that. this game is going to be close, yes. If you're saying 4.2 to me, that says you, you you think that there's a more than 50% chance that we lose this game. Yes. So you're going to bet UMBC money line? Uh, money line, no, but I'm going to take the point spread. I already took the point spread plus 8. Okay. Put a hundred on it. Right. Yeah, that's that's the confidence level I'm at. Now, granted, I think I'll make up for it because I'm really liking the Jets plus three and a half tonight too, though. Mm. As much as I like the Bengals last night, it does make me sad. That I mean, I think about all the. I used to it always, makes me sad. I used to always write big opening night pieces on the website and about like the the joy of the journey and the the five months to come. And I mean, I remember like just like even when we've had unattractive season openers, how excited I was to to watch mm-hmm. the game or go to the game, and just now. Like, I, 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 don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm going to watch the game. I'm going to cheer for our, our guys, and I'm going to get excited if we win. And there's still a little spark of excitement because it's still Louisville basketball, for God's sake. But, man, this just – it feels different than any season I can ever remember. As I'm actually as- excited. That's the sad thing. I, I'm excited for the game. I'm less excited because it's on stream, but I'm excited to watch the game. I just – I don't know. I just kind of feel like – kind of like a – you know, I feel like, like kind of like an orphan at Christmas time. Like, I know I'm excited it's Christmas, and I'm excited thinking what I can get in my present, and then I, but I just know as I open it up, it's just going to be like a stapler. You know it's going to be underwhelming. It's going to be, yeah. I, I just, I, I, but yeah, I still, my hopes are going to get high and get and up there, and and that's, but 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 I, but I know, like, I, like I, I'm going to sleep with, like, gingerbread, gingerbread jumping around in my head and thinking I'm going to have all this stuff when I go downstairs. Okay, it's possible. And I get down there, and the tree's like half dead, and there's nothing underneath but some, like some dog poop, and it's not even wrapped. Not that anybody would wrap it, but maybe they would. I don't know. There'd be dog poop under the tree because <laughs> a dog pooped under the tree. I kind of like the you, not your worst analogy. And that's that's kind of how I feel going into season. Like you got to have hope a little bit, right? Because you're a kid, yeah, and you're an I mean, orphan. You got to have some kind. Well, of We just hope. don't know. I mean, college basketball is the, the greater number. We've had teams that we've. Never like this, but we've had teams that we didn't think were going to be much that wound up dramatically overachieving, and you just, you know, you never know for sure. And I'm excited to watch these, this team go out there and compete. I mean, you hope that, I heard a couple people say that the 
the student practice that was open, we all mocked the the attendance and understandably so. There, like, there, like, there were like 20 people there, but I, I did hear that the practice was actually good from good. multiple people. So maybe they, you know, maybe they've got it. Maybe they figured some stuff out, and this season isn't going to be a, a total abject failure. But we start to find out the answers to all these questions coming up in about an hour and 45 minutes. You know what's not helping either is this damn daylight savings. I mean, it's so depressing leaving here at six o'clock and having it be pitch black. I hate this. Sucks. I, I, it's not dark out yet, though. Well, it's not six o'clock yet. Uh, In forty-five minutes, it's point. going to be. Yeah, it's that is kind of yeah. I'm never big. I, yeah, I'm. I'm get with a, you. do away with daylight saving. I don't know why we're still doing the song and dance. It's, it's ridiculous. Get out Did, it, does it make any? I mean, does other than the, we're not farming like other than some much. of the good jokes you could have with it. I mean, there's really no point to it. It sucks. I hate it. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. If you've got thoughts, if you want to veer us back in the direction of football. Uh, but my buddy said those memes is like, I lasted a, one hour and 40 seconds in bed last night. Thank you, daylight savings time. <laughs> I do hate them I mean, this time of the year. That like, was like, that's, like, I'll take the hour savings just for that joke alone, right? That was good. The first, <laughs> the first like two weeks of daylight savings time. Like, I, I, I go home after here and I'm like, is it six fifteen? Is it ten thirty? I've got no idea. Like I'm, just, I'm just spinning in a world that just makes no sense to me. Do anymore. you still get like I don't know where your mom is? Like I have the aunt who sends the group text to everybody. It's like did I save this time? So don't forget to change your clock. And I just want to be like, who has a clock that needs to be changed these days? Yeah, like, we I have to, like our oven and microwave clock. That, that's I, I think the the coffee maker and my one old school radio that I have in my room. Because I do have one in my room. Like are the only two. Everything else just yeah, everything changes automatically. Like is there really? It's such just an old school thing to say, like an old school parent thing to say. Yeah, this yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't forget to change the clocks this week. It's not my graphic. I'm like my, my, having flashbacks with my grandma again. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. You're still trying to figure out how that dog pooped under the tree, aren't you? No, I'm not. <laughs> I enjoy the analogy. By the way, the college basketball season is off and running. Oregon currently leading Georgia thirty-four to twenty-eight in the first half. Nice. Dana Altman's Ducks taking on Mike White's Bulldogs in a matchup of the West Coast versus the SEC. Mike White making his way to the SEC. Yeah. Well, he's already been in the SEC. He went from Florida. So. This was in making his way to the SEC. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I saw. It's, like, it's like the song, making my way to the SEC. <laughs> taking scrubs to the NIT. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Not your worst word. Thank you. I'm about to have a good, fr- really have a good bring, five o'clock hour. You're, I was going to say, you're really bringing the five o'clock hour today. Texture says, I thought we would miss Monty a lot. I do feel bad that he isn't playing much at Ole Miss. I do, too. I mean, we I, I thought we were going to miss him a lot. The linebackers have been pretty unreal. I mean, it's... Like, if you could have a choice now, you take you take, you take take Jordan back over Monty, though, right, from Ole Miss? What do you mean? If you if you could take one more play, one player back from Ole Miss, you'd take Watkins back. Jordan back. Watkins, yeah. yeah. He says, didn't really look up, did he? He's having an okay season, right? He's Yeah, he's doing fine. He, he's having a good year. Andy would fit well in this. I mean, you got thanking mean, him with Thrash and Coleman. And sure, this. yeah. The uh, I mean, he maybe jumped a little the ship a little too soon. You look at our linebackers. I mean, uh, Keith pointed this out on Twitter. Like Antonio Watts could wind up being one of the better stories to ever come to Louisville. Like he's a sophomore. He redshirted last year. He like like looks great when he gets on the field. He was the last player added in our class, and he basically like, he had like no scholarship offers. And tweet was like tweeting at the coaching staff his huddle highlights. And they're like, hey, he looks pretty good. And we ended up getting an offer, came here at the last second. And he's, I mean, he's a guy who's helping us at that linebacker position. He's been great. TJ Quinn, obviously, has stepped up 
dramatically. Jalen Alderman went from being, oh, yeah, he's that guy who had the pick in the UCF game a couple years ago to being the guy who's really reliable for us. The linebackers have been surprisingly great this year. I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. been great on defense. There's nobody you can point out and say they haven't been great. I, I, I agree. Texas says, Trevor, you sound like you got some screws or bolts loose. Uh, and then says, in the chair, I mean. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Texture says, Trevor, furniture store manager here again. The lift chair isn't meant to be consistent, constantly lifted. It's going to break eventually if it's constantly holding your weight up. And that's not meant as a fat joke. They just aren't meant to hold you up for that long. Um, no, I believe it. I mean, also, it was one. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't more expensive chairs. Uh, it was to me, it wasn't cheap, but it was like in terms of like you'd think you'd pay more for a recliner, especially one that's a lifting chair, but. And I and like the store manager says I, I keep it like at like the upper level lift layer, level. I like being up high. No pun intended. Well, he's telling you not to do that. I know. And well, he's he's like he's like forty eight hours too late on that. <laughs> not that I didn't know it already, but like this is information I could have used like on, on like Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, like around like I don't know six or so. And he could have sent me a text I'm like, hey, hey, what up, TK? The store manager here. Don't forget, you sit back in that chair. You're effed. Texas, am I the only one? <laughs> I'm just saying. Dude. Texas says, am I the only one with the mental image of Cartman in the World of Warcraft episode of South Park when Trevor describes being stuck in a chair? I don't know that image. But, I do. But someone, there's a text, I think, right above this that it made me laugh when I first saw it that, 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 that may have nailed it perfectly. What do you say? Do uh, you want me to read the text? Yes. TK was Klaus stuck in the bowl on vacation from American <laughs> What's the difference between a male, uh, a man, and a government bond? A government bond uh, matures. <laughs> That's, Hungry for some steak? And it's the, 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 hey, paired heads, come down to the Jimmy Buffett uh, something or other. <laughs> That's that's a great analogy. That's pretty good. <laughs> Back, he's just sitting there. That's how I was. Except it's just like the ESPN crew just saying the same bull bleep over like, and over like again. Picture my Reese leg. Davis just <laughs> spinning your brain. Like the way I was bent. Like I wasn't like folded completely because that'd be like basically geographic. I mean, not geographic, but physically impossible. But like my knees were higher up than they've been. Like <laughs> to my face as they've been in a long time, long time. And, like, I'm trying to, like, lean forward, but I'm not. I, just picture me. I'm using my arms, like, trying to, like, I'm, I don't know why I'm deep doing it here for no one to see until the YouTube cameras come next week. Or the poor woman who's in her car behind me now probably watching me. But I'm, like, I'm doing this thing with my arms. Like, I'm trying to get up. I'm, like, trying to trying to get, like, some momentum going forward. And I can't. And I, like, tried to grab. I, like, I was like, well, let me see if I can grab my I, I, My desk was near me, too, but I couldn't get a hold of it. And it was, yeah. And I'm. Oh, my, I had my hand was my bulb and no lighter because I dropped it out of the like movie. I need a live cam at your house. <laughs> I mean, I could do Big Brother after dark, right? Yeah. Texas Mike, I need some basketball locks for tonight. Two things I can parlay with a UMBC money line. Stop doing that. Uh, you don't need basketball. Parlay UMBC money line with uh, the Jets money line tonight. I will say one thing that has been brought to my attention, a bet that I, I think is easy money that's out there, is they have player props on DraftKings. They've got R.J. Davis from North Carolina over under – Minus one and a half, uh, three pointers made. I would take the over in heartbeat. Like he's going to shoot a ton for them this year. I like that is, I think that's easy money. I, I would go ahead and throw that in there. Over one and a half threes for RJ Davis tonight for North Carolina. 
Texas says we have won an NCAA men's soccer tournament in 2018. Did we? I know we lost the one to Clemson in like the last second. I didn't realize we'd won it before. I know this is the first time that we've beaten a road team, a road top 25 team in like uh, they said since 2018. You skipped over some text from my last guy too, by the way. What do you say? Uh, he just said he bought a passport and if campaign loses tonight, he's out of here. And he says I'm welcome to come, but he doesn't think I have a passport. Plus, he also wants me to be replaced by the on-electric guy. Why? Because why would you think I'd have a passport? I don't know. <laughs> also, you skip the text that says it does count. You pay for it, you punk. Who said that? <laughs> so my text says, Mike, it so does count if you pay for it. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's something referencing what I said earlier. Oh, when you were talking about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, you're like, no, I think it counts. Hey, yeah, sure. Whatever, it counts. That's fine. <laughs> Texas, Thank you, damn it. <laughs> Texas, hey, it's the Fall City Fixer. Not sure how you knew that was me from just my number. Caught the final extra point of the day in the crunch zone. If any listeners haven't been to a game this year, you got to get out there. Like, it's a huge party every week. You have a logo and your name already in here. Yeah, he's, he's, his name is on there. False City Fixer. No, not only that, he has a, he has his own logo. Do you not see that? Yeah. Like, how, I don't even know he has a logo. He's the False City Fixer. He also to fix stuff. <laughs> what is he? What is the False City Is it like a plumbing company? What is that? Anyway? Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> Can he fix a chair? <laughs> I almost fell. Texture says... I'm a tech man, TK. Texas I'm is, a tech man. Texas, Mike, hit any of the Breeders' Cup races. I hit the Classic. Uh, I, right. I won. So I, I missed my – all my bets on Friday I missed. I bet Wida Barrio, even though he ended up being the favorite in the Classic, and I hit a four – a pick four that wound up costing me a lot to make and made me very little money. Basically, here's what you need to know. At the end of the day, I made probably like 10 bets over two days, which is less than I usually make. I won six bucks. So, big spender, not big winner. It's fine. That's profit to me. It was a boring Breeders' Cup. It was just, I mean. Was it in Louisville? No, it was in Santa Anita. Oh, okay. It, I mean, just a lot of chalky winners. Nothing really crazy happened. The, the classic was a field of just like, eh, eh, who cares? That's why I didn't watch. Not a good Breeders' Cup. Texas, U of L football is great, but have you seen what Jed Fish is doing? We talked about it, baby. We lo- Jed Fish is the Jeff Brom of the West. He is. He's Brom of the West of Mississippi. He's Jed Fish. Texas Trevor, we're going to need that Bowling Green screwdriver story. <laughs> I don't think we do. Well, amazingly, I didn't uh, completely alienate myself from everyone I worked with that night, even though I apparently hit on mostly every female that worked in Lone Star Restaurant with me. Oh, boy. Um, I woke up being accused of breaking the guy's house who I lived in's TV because I I was told I couldn't, it was it was on and it was annoying me, so instead of turning it off, I just pulled, yanked the plug out of the wall, mm-hmm. and I woke up with one of our bartenders. It was a woman, though, for what it's worth. And I puked in his shoe. And I never found my shirt again. Well, I mean, good on the bartender, though. <laughs> I don't know if anything happened. That's good news. I don't know. How <laughs> to be young. No, yeah, that was in my that was in my twenties too. Yeah, that was. You're like I was 39 four I mean, years ago. It was supposed to be a party for like someone who was leaving, like she was moving down to Florida. And at some point, apparently the cops came, and I had no idea. And I came, I, they had just left, and when I came walking out of the room, like yelling, I was like the guy from uh, Super Troopers when he comes out of base. He's like, oh, I love drugs. <laughs> that was me. Like I come out, I was like, it's like who wants to do a ham? And 
I like the cops literally just shutting the door, walking out the door. I'm like, oh, the cops are here? <laughs> I'm not shocked. Oh, that, and that was the last night I drank screwdriver. Boy, I got ham. I, yeah, I, that, that was, I was all screwdrivers that night. I haven't drank one since. Text says Louisville is 4-0 and versus teams that now have a 6-3 and record. Our schedule is better than we thought it would be, but the national narrative is still Louisville has a weak schedule. I mean, it's not Michigan week, but it's not. I mean, I think it can be a little inflated by, by records. Like, I don't know. But I think I don't think it's as weak as everybody thinks it might be. Yeah. No, it's not. We're not Michigan, God's sakes. I mean, a lot of these teams that we beat that seemed like nothing wins, although Notre Dame losing to Clemson did not help us over the weekend. But. I think Notre Dame's still a good team. They're just they're not a top like top ten team. But. No, I think they're like I think they're probably one of the twenty five best teams in the country. But I they're not agree. one of the, the ten best teams. I think Duke is borderline, but they have to be healthy. To if do they it. were healthy, I think they would be yeah. ha- have a case. But we've beaten some some good teams. Uh, I mean, look. Kentucky fans want to crap on our schedule and all this stuff. That's fine. Okay. You've beaten, what, a one-win Ball State team? You've, they've, they've beaten nobody with a winning record. I can tell you that. Ball State, EKU, Akron, Vandy, Florida, who's now 4-5, and five, and then Mississippi State, who's got a losing record. Like, you, you know, congrats. Cool. You've lost to every good team you've played. You don't get bonus points for, I guess Florida's 5-4. and four. You don't get bonus points for Florida's not any good. losing to good teams. Some teams beat good teams. Have we lost to a bad team? Yeah. We've beaten a couple good teams, though. I thought that bad team was going to be Florida State. Poop it? Yeah, for a second. Did you see them fumble on the one-yard line? Who? No, I didn't. I didn't even watch any of the game. I just saw the – I saw it was like 7 7, seven nothing pit, and then it was like 10-7 Florida State, and that's kind of the last score I saw until the final. Christian Vare, like threw like, a, a huge deep pass. And like it was going to be like a ninety-yard pit touchdown, and the dude fumbled at the one-yard line, and, and uh, uh, Florida State recovered it in the end zone for a touchback. So kind of like a Deshaun Jackson, Jackson or not Leon Lett type moment. Well, yeah, he wasn't celebrating or anything. Jackson, he just, got Jackson just dropped it, so it was more Leon Lett than yeah. More of that, but he he wasn't like showboating or anything. He just he got tackled and he fumbled like that right sucks. at the one. It was it was it was a bad moment. Texas says any insight on JoJo Stone attributes other than he's good. So JoJo Stone, we've talked about this guy for like four months because he's turned to LSU. That's all I need to know. Yeah, he was committed to LSU, but he was still wearing like Louisville Cardinals chains and all of his Instagram pictures, which seemed very strange. Uh, and then he finally decommits from LSU. Everyone immediately says he's going to go to U of L. There was some chatter of like, is U of L actually like recruiting him? What's going on there? He comes, he visits uh, this weekend. He commits like two hours into his visit. Like that, that, I think it was very easy. He's now the highest ranked player in the class of 2024 for Jeff Brom, which now includes 16 players. He's, I think, the number seven athlete overall in the class. He's the number, like, 23 wide receiver, if you want to look at it that way, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. The weird thing is he didn't play much football the last couple of years. Like He transferred around. He played limited snaps last year. He's only played in one game this season because he's been dealing with a foot injury. But before that, like he's you know, he shows out in all the camps. He looks great in all the seven-on-seven stuff. He's got a good relationship with Pierce Clarkson. Uh, I mean, I choose to trust the evaluators here who say this guy is is, is the real deal. He's small. He's 5'11", I think like 180 pounds. He's more of a speed guy. He's a guy who can go across the middle, maybe kind of like sort of the, the role that we envisioned Kevin Coleman playing this year, which he hasn't done maybe as much as we were hoping for. But I think that he can play that 2-2 Atwell role, take a crossing route, turn what could be a 7-yard gain into a 75-yard gain, that's, I think, what you see JoJo Stone doing here. But it was it was nice to get that one locked down because he was been rumored about for a long time. Now he's committed, and apparently he says today 
he's going to be an early enrollee. So that's always good as well. I mean, let's let's be honest. I just I trust anything Jeff's going to do. Yeah, if Jeff for sure. told me he likes this kid and wants to give us a good chance. Like Jeff, I trust Jeff. Jeff could be like Trevor. You need to wear women's underwear. I beg, pass me a thong. I mean, the wide receiver room. Bring it. Sh- who knows who's going to transfer out of here? But the wide receiver room should be stacked again next season. You, you could get Thrash back theoretically. Coleman could come back. I'm assuming Coleman and Bell. Bell is Bell. Bell's not senior, right? No, Bell's only I think a redshirt sophomore. Sophomore, yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I do wonder if. Amari Huggins-Bruce maybe wants to go somewhere where he's featured a little bit more. Who knows? We'll see how yeah. that goes. But like, you, you assume, I mean, we've got a really deep wide receiver room. You assume you're going to lose at least a couple of those guys just because everybody is going to lose a couple of those guys. So it's nice to have a, a guy coming in who maybe if he goes through spring practice and looks good enough and, and takes to the college life well enough, could be a guy who helps you immediately. I mean, we also have some, some really good – I mean, we had three wide receivers in last year's class that we haven't seen a whole lot of that I think could be – Really good. I think Katara Six has played a little bit. Uh, Foles has played on special teams, but like th- you got three guys right there who I think could be big time players for you down the line. Let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll get through as many texts as we can. We'll make our predictions about tonight's games, including, of course, the Louisville men and the Louisville women in action for their season openers. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Monday on 1450 and 96.1. The big When Genesis Diamonds has a sale, you know it's com. They'll never leave you in the dark. It is. I did not know that. We Again, to, I always knew this as the, the hangover song. That's the only thing I always thought of it as. We need to get Wolf Mother in town for the UK game. You want to talk about just like the place going nuts and losing it. When there's a big match in, in wrestling, WWE or AEW, what they'll do is, and you've seen this before in the past, like uh, they'll have, there's, if they come out to a certain band song, they'll have the band perform it live when they come out to the ring for a big match. Good idea. We need to do that for this. It'd you, be fantastic. Yeah. Have like a stage set up on the on the on the on the flight deck, and like have them have them just like, the, the, oh yeah, have them play that song as we go into that'd be awesome. The cool thing about like it'd be hard easier to do that than Virginia Tech doing it for Metallica right. it cost too much. Like I'm assuming Wolf Mother's like they're probably just playing a bar right now anyway, right? Yeah, it's probably just this song. I'm sure they're they're well off because this song is everywhere, but they're Australian. I would the, the cool thing about this tradition is it's not like the, the players love it. Like, like you see, like the the sidelines are going nuts now. Every time they play it before the start of the fourth quarter, the crowd loves it. Everybody's fully leaning into it. It's it's just nice to have like a little tradition where everybody seems to be on the same page. And I'll say this: like tip of the cap to everybody who's involved with the game day production at U of L this season. Those games, I mean, I talked about it being a party in the stands and an ass kicking on the field. Like the music has been so good and so well timed. The promotions like aren't. They're good and they're not distracting. Like the overall experience has just been so so good this season, and a, a lot of that is it's you know people aren't complaining as much when the team is beating everybody at home, 
which is cool. Ten game winning streaks at home are, are fun, but you also haven't had like stuff to complain about. There hasn't been like ill time music. I think people really like the new third down thing they're doing with the the, the, the boxing bells. Like it all just has been such a that. step up this year. It's been great. Uh, we've got about. Oh, the Wolf Mother is on a U.S. tour right now. There you go. We can get them. They're currently they are scheduled to be in Dallas on November fourteenth. Um, it looks like they're coming up to Madison, Tennessee on the 18th. And that's then, close enough. I think when, uh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. That's, that's, um, they would, that's perfect. And yeah, we can get them in here. They can, they can blow out the other dates and we can have them do the Kentucky game. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Here's the thing with that though. I have no idea what Wolf Mother looks like. Like, like they oh, could, I do. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. They could like walk out in the field and I think half the crowd would be like, I, cool. Like who are these guys? And then they would just start playing big. Like, oh, here we go. Like you would have, it's not like, like you said, like seeing, Metallica, like seeing Lars, like Ulrich, like come out or, or whatever. Like, it's just, the, I, I don't know what these guys look like. The lead singer looks kind of like the guy from Workaholics. Yeah, with the long hair? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 that guy. That's the only thing I'm seeing. When you, like, you Google him, it looks like it's three people, but, like, the, the lead singer sticks out because he's got the, he's got the giant, like, sideshow bob kind of. It, it's more, it's more throwed out, though. I'll go with that. Because the, 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 the guy at Workaholics, I think it's, like, flattened, isn't it, Lord? Like long and straight, this guy's more kind of curly. Like, yeah. All right, we've got about 15 minutes here to get your thoughts in on the Thornton Sex line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. If you want to have a reaction to the Virginia Tech game or thoughts on tonight's hoops openers, get them in now. We'll read as many as we can. And we'll make some predictions at the Let's end. Let's go. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Texas Mike can curse as many marriages as he wants. The vibes no longer matter. Nothing can stop Rob. Which marriage did you curse? Uh, that was the uh, the person who was taking their fiance to the first game on Friday. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and was asking about the new attractions and like what you would do, and then stuff bad stuff just kept happening as I was trying to give my answer. And I was like, "This marriage is over. It's done." Nope, it's successful. Texas says JJ Trainer's over under on points is nine and a half. What are your thoughts? I stay away from that. Like, who knows? Oh, I mean, it's mad if he plays. Yeah, who? No, and nobody knows. Like, nobody has any idea. Stay away from any player props in this game on the U of L side. Just stay away. Who knows? Except means is there is there one on shots by Sky Clark? No. No. Never mind. Then you have to stay away. Texas bet John and Virginia's college fund on Missouri State plus five and a half versus West Virginia. Now, is this our UNLV guy? Well, he did say the same thing last time with the bet bet Virginia and John's college fund. So, I'm assuming it is. Okay. I was kind of looking through the tweet, to his text. I didn't see I didn't see it on there, so I wasn't sure. Because if it's the same guy, we owe, we, we, I mean, we, we, we do owe him. Uh, yeah, he did. It's the same. Yep. Yep. You're right. I also picked Nickelback over Cree, but we'll let that slide. I mean, I don't hate the bet. Missouri State was not great last year. I think Dana Ford's a good coach. West Virginia, I mean, I don't West Virginia, I know they lost a bunch of guys. I don't, I don't. This guy's one for one. I'm, you know what? He uh, is one for one. I'm, I'm, Texer, I'm, I'm like putting, it. I'm putting 20 on it right now in your name. That's all, that was, that's all I have saved up for John and Virginia's college fund. West Virginia has Q slides. <laughs> I don't like the bet. I'm betting it. Don't, we didn't like the bet last time because we, we were like, oh, it's a robbery. It's a robbery game. Yeah. He was right. I mean, I, I, I risk yeah. being 0-2 again. I don't, I'm not crazy about it. Texas, what do you think of L scheduling the fighting rich rods of Jacksonville State for 2024? Is that the new Is that the new team that we have for that year? Uh, and I know he is with Jacksonville State. I do know that. Well, I don't like that either. I mean, there's a good question. Is he's going to be there in 2024, though. Yeah, they're having a good year. Uh, they've been, yeah, they've been competitive. They beat Western. Lost second field goal. Yeah, that's. I guess it just came out an hour ago. Louisville adds Jacksonville State. So our 2024 schedule non-con next year is going to be Jacksonville State and Austin P at home, and then we're at Kentucky next year and also at Notre Dame. So there you go. 
Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Jack, if we're going to do Jacksonville State, might as well do something like just do Western. Yeah, I mean, Western's probably a little bit better, don't they? Like, typically. Yeah, but I'm I'm just kind of dealing with the same conference, though. Yeah. If you're going to go Sunbelt or Conference State Conference, at least skip throw the bone to Western. Texas, when Josh has to do the inevitable and look for a new b-ball coach, does he start looking into playing home games somewhere else down the line? The Yum Center is too inconvenient for fans. It's well, inconvenient. I mean, you, you can't do that now. That's yeah. that's that's. I think that's set in stone for a while. And look, it, yeah, we're not leaving the Yum Center for yeah, Mike. Yeah, I think, I think I think your grandkids will be watching us play in the Yum Center. You can say it's too inconvenient, and I I agree there are issues. It's why Tom Jurich and a lot of other people wanted to have an on-campus arena. Having said that. There were points in time, I mean, for the, the bulk of this arena's existence, you were bringing 19,000, 20,000-plus for every single game. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, it's just it's too tough. Like, we were doing it at one point when the program was winning. I think the thought is, the hope is, when we get back to winning at a fairly high level, we will bounce back to almost those same levels and, and at least have like 18,000, 19,000 per game. For someone whose time going to games was when it was, very, was, was, was packing houses, Yumson, getting out of the Yumson are still so much better than leaving Freedom Hall to me. Yeah, like, Ring Road was tough. Ring Road, not Ring to Road mention, is not to mention the. I mean, the walk. Like, I, you, if you get there, you get early enough, you get you can get a nice spot in that east 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 parking garage. You walk right in, and it, and, all, and other than waiting to get out of the garage, your expressway is right there. I mean, you're bouncing right on Second Street, right on the, the the expressway. I mean, compared to yeah, compared to Freedom Hall, I, I find. I thought it was going to be a nightmare, too, being downtown, but I, I think it's a thousand times better than the Freedom Hall ever was leaving. I know I just said like a, a few minutes ago about how the, the, the game day experience being so great and being damn near flawless and all this stuff. The one thing they are going to have to figure out is is the parking exit after games in the purple and the gold lots and the red lots and all that stuff. Because I, I, every single game I hear complaints from people who are like, I, I literally have not moved in an hour and 15 minutes, and it's... It's tough. The, the traffic pattern around the stadium is just abysmal, and they've got to figure that out. Texture says, what are your thoughts on Caleb Williams crawling in the stands into his mom's lap in the fetal position and sobbing after a loss? Doesn't scream NFL leader. I, I will say this. He has been making me, like, diminish wanting to put my franchise in his hands before that happened. Like, little things he said. I didn't hate that moment. Honestly. I didn't hate it. I I, I love, like, like, all these guys that are, like, probably, like, would would cry if they got touched by a 350 pound lineman who were like he's too soft to be an NFL. I'm like he's fine. I don't know. I just I'm not. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. But I'm not gonna make. I would make fun of him a little bit for it. But I mean, apparently he made fun of Max Dugan for crying. I was like, please tweet. Go to the locker. Dugan. I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, you said the tears, I, and I get you. You lost. You just got beat again by another. And you just lost another big game that you know you haven't won one yet. And you're a little upset. I mean, go to the locker room. Don't I, I don't know. Don't know. I was fine with it. It's yeah. his mom. Like whatever. It, you know, it was the, his last chance to win something meaningful as a team, and now they basically no shot to win a Pac-12 title or go to a New Year's Bowl game. I was, you know, what, I can see why that would hurt. Texas, it's the first day of college basketball season, and that means it's a great opportunity to remind everyone that Mick Cronin sucks. <laughs> these texts have gotten yes, Texer. Mick Cronin does suck. These texts have gotten more and more poorly, uh, poorly received as time has gone on. <laughs> Texas Louisville is not only an attractive option for portal quarterbacks, I think they should be an attractive option for every other position, too. Clear throat. There you go. It seems like every week we have a new guy from the portal stepping up and making big-time plays on both sides of the ball. Hell, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I assume that a lot of that comes from NIL money, but, you know, people talk about Storm Duck. 
why do you go out and get him? He's second team All ACC player, and he's not even starting here. You go out and get him for that reason. Guys are going to get hurt. He comes. You need somebody to step up and have a big game with Jarvis Brownlee out. And look, Brownlee's probably going to be out for a couple more games. Now you've got Storm Duck. You slot him in there, and you feel like the secondary doesn't really miss a beat. So that, that's why you get all as many of those guys as you can. Texas says, if it's a salon, it's 90% chance she's a stylist, not a barber. Barber's just, what is this? This has got to be a, some reference to something else. Hold yeah. on. He texted something about this morning, but these barber schools and hairstyle schools. You're not a barber unless you went to barber school for my wife, the hairstylist. And that's, that's this not that. That's has to be, to be a roll call thing. Yeah, I'm because only one of us would even talk about a barber on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, and if you've seen how long my hair's gotten, it's not anytime soon. Like I guess if she's chances to stylist, not. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I we'll move on. I once had to use I, during a low point in my uh, financial situation at Western. I used to have to go to the barber school to get my hair cut. Bad mistake. You were basically. It was like it was free, and it still wasn't worth it. Texas, I, I went with under seventy-five and a half Louisville points. Go cards. Can we get up tempo game? Uh, yeah, I don't. That's seventy-five. Bad defensive that's team. Seventy-five and a half for the basketball game. Yeah. No way. No, for Louisville's team total. Oh, oh, okay. Not the over under. Oh God, yeah, you're gonna clear that in. Yeah. I had a dream. I, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. About, I had a dream about the game last night, and I, it involved a, a score update. I'll give you in a second. Okay. I had a dream I was supposed to be pitching. <laughs> okay. well, I guess it's better than catching. <laughs> I was very excited about it too. I was, I was like, I can't wait. Texture says, "Is Eli Drinkwitz a better coach than Satterfield?" Yes. Probably. I mean, is there any doubt in that? He's done more at Missouri in this, this first year than Sat did in all. I mean. Because it's fact it's also Missouri, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in that. I don't, I don't think there's any question whatsoever. He might be a bigger loser, but he's well, probably that's, a better coach, too. Yeah, I mean, that's a given, maybe, but, I mean, he's still a better coach. Texture says, do you think next season we will have a joint football and basketball show called Brahm and Beard? Who's Chris Beard, I would assume. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Uh, BNB boys, Chris Beard, you're not getting him. Next yeah, year. we're not getting Chris. We're not getting. We're not getting Chris Beard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would love to have Chris Beard at Louisville, but it's not gonna happen. I can't beggars can't. I mean, listen, I got Brom. I'm not gonna be over. I'm not gonna be greedy. <laughs> I, I've got to draw a line somewhere. I'm sorry, basketball. I get. Listen, I love basketball too, but it's football's time. It's their turn. Texture says it's their turn down here. Texture says, and they're right. The spread is down down to Louisville minus seven and a half. What will be down to into it? Come on, this opened at minus eleven and a half. It was nine when I left for the show. It's now seven and a half. That's embarrassing. There's no way it's that low now. By the it, way, the U of L women's team on the road against Cincinnati tonight is a nineteen and a half point favorite. It is down to seven and a half. Seven and a half. That's humiliating. This UMBC team is not good. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Going through the DraftKings lines, there's lines like, I'm not even going to tell you the teams. It's 19 and a half, 32 and a half, 26 and a half, 18 and a half, 17, 7 and a half, 10, 10 and a half, 19. It's like we're the only game under single digits. If I were betting you about, we, we were such slow starters last year. I would, you know, some, some of these sites will give out like first segment, second segment. Like they I would, do. Early in the season, I would be like, yeah. Under eight timeout, I'm taking the other the opponents for the spread because we are notoriously slow starting and in both exhibition games. I mean, we beat Simmons by 41, and it was like what, like 16 to 12 at, with eight minutes to go in the first half. We're yeah, 
I mean, the only time we dominated them was that, like, like what, I guess nine Middle minutes. Stretch, yeah, because yeah, even the second half, we barely outscored them. Yeah, we, I mean, we got we started off so bad, and, and then we, we kind of, anyway. I know. It's Simmons College. I mean, it's basically a high school team. Texas says, uh, your boy Stace Sarah texted him when we were talking about not being ready to talk Louisville basketball, and he said, I'm ready to talk Louisville basketball. Really? When we talk, when we, when we talk about Kentucky football there, I know you did get a win this week to say, but, you know. Texas, I usually never give a damn about UK until the week of, but I'm really looking forward to doing some deep cat fists. Oh. <laughs> That's what I said on Friday. Cat fisting. Yeah, cat fisting. Yeah, it's the just... Saturday after Thanksgiving. Hide your kittens, hide your cats. TK's fisting hard. Go cards. I mean, and people are texting me like it's called noodling. Like that's any better sounding? It's, I think I... it's 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 better sounding. No, I I, I could have swore it was called cat fisting. Please stop saying. That. I'm just saying. <laughs> When you put all the gook on your arm and you shut and you put it in the water, and the cat and it, it, yeah, that's what it was. It's not cats. The catfish, though. Why would it be called cat fisting? Not because well, catfish catching. Because because catfish fisting just doesn't sound. It just doesn't roll off the tongue. No, neither does cats. Yeah, <laughs> I like how you whisper it. <laughs> well, I don't think we're supposed to be saying that. Oh, it's not that bad. It's just too. You can say the word cat. The image right? in my head is terrible. <laughs> You just see me acting it out over here. <laughs> Texas' underrated player from the game was uh, Jack's first completion. He had pressure in his face moving to his left and put it on Bell, who then made a nice move, got the TD, then never looked back. Totally agree. Like, that was a big-time throw, and then Bell, I think, got like 15 yards after the catch. And it was a, it was. And it was a nice, like, Jack, I think that was a play that was designed to be a shot downfield. It wasn't there. He stayed in the pocket. He evaded the pocket when it collapsed, and he made a good throw going to his left, which is not and third down too, wasn't it? It was. Like, that was a, that was a big throw. I think Texas totally right. You think keeping a drive alive is going to make me happy? Texas says, "Wow, now I'm even more sad about Louisville basketball because I'm thinking of an orphan child getting his hopes up for Christmas <laughs> just to get unwrapped dog poop." It's kind of like, <laughs> going in the night's game. Texas says, "Damn it, Trevor, you already broke the chair. We just found the cord of that thing." <laughs> it still goes up and down. Texas says Illinois is getting rid of daylight savings, and it doesn't exist in Arizona. Just get rid of it. Well, there was a bill to like get rid get, of it in Indiana. The you know, bill here. Oh, the, to, I know Indiana had one. Indiana's been fighting to get rid of it for like a decade. There was a bill. I don't know why. I don't know who I need to blame for this, but somebody needs to just get this thing done. Get rid of daylight savings. It's, it's terrible. Texture says, uh, well, Mike, remember we are never going to outwin by out-talenting other teams, so it doesn't matter how little talent UMBC has. Did you see the mm. – we haven't talked about it, but Kenny Payne tried to, like, clarify the statement. He tried to backtrack is what you mean. He absolutely tried to backtrack. He was yeah. like – I mean, I, I, if, if that was his intent, you know, he says – he did his press conference yesterday for the game, and he's talking about, you know, I, I made a comment out there about we're, we're not going to like, – like, you can't out-talent teams – like, what I meant by that is, like, you never want to win with talent. Like, you want to win by, <laughs> you know, having more work ethic, like having better things. Like, you want to – that's what I was saying. And I was like, your exact quote was, we're never going to be the most talented team. You can't change what you said. I mean, I would have given $1,000 for Eric to hand him a shovel and be like, you, I think you need this more than you I can't, I mean, he said, like, I, my quote was, we're not beating teams with talent. Does that mean we're not talented? No, I'm like, your exact quote was, we're <laughs> never going to be the most talented team. Just say like you misspoke. Yeah, just, exactly. Just be like, listen, that's not what exactly what I meant. I was just speaking too quickly, and I said the wrong thing. Texas says time change is an abomination, Tyler. I hate it too, <laughs> Tyler. I was I was upset to have. I think I texted you with that. As I said, like Dabo didn't name drop Tyler in the uh, when when they you know the uh, hope you're buying stock in, in you know Clemson. 
But when I turned it on the college football final, that's all they done. Yeah. <laughs> they dropped Tyler's name like seven Tyler. times. It's so great. I really wanted their like social media team to like have a Tyler in their victory tweet. I, w- I would have thought it would happen, but they, I guess they're too I'm surprised we haven't found Tyler on social media. Did you hear Dabo too after the game? He's like, he's like, buy stock now, baby. Like, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, buy stock in Clemson. Yeah. I know. It's four loss season. Texas, did you guys see the Josh McDaniel story before he was fired? Raider staff, players, and make- <laughs> excuse me, God. Mm. <clears throat> Raiders uh, staff, players, and McDaniels basically had an open airing of grievances, and everyone came away feeling good afterwards. But it broke McDaniels because he was the one getting crapped on. Essentially, McDaniels is Michael Scott in the roast office episode. <laughs> That's a good episode. Um, I mean, how can McDaniels? I mean, I don't know. I guess I feel bad for him a little bit, but dude is just like clearly lacking self awareness. Texas Wolf Mother on tour literally three weeks this month in Boston the day of the UK game. We can change that. We can figure that out. What does Boston have that Louisville Kentucky doesn't have? I mean, I'm sure if we throw them an extra, like, like you know, some cash, they'll, they'll come down and, and skip that. I mean, it's all about money, right? Yeah. Wolf mother. Come on, Wolf. Texas, I'm more turned off by him being a prima donna and wearing eye black that says F-U team insert every game. I don't even know who that, who's that reference in reference to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which tweet you were looking at or text you were looking at. The most recent one. Oh, I was looking at the one that had the sent image. I'm sorry. Is that Caleb Williams? Does he do that, I guess? Does Caleb Williams right? I, I, I think that's what he's saying. If that's true, then that's yeah, that's kind of annoying. Texas, the catfishing you're referring to is called noodling. We know Trevor, okay, okay. Trevor just thinks that catfishing is a better name. For it is. Noodling sounds even worse. It does not sound worse. It doesn't sound much better. Texas, it's a party on the field and a party in the ass. Wait, it's got to be <laughs> it's gotta be your bull. Tyler, more Tyler. All right, we've got uh, three minutes until tip-off for the U of L women's basketball season. Jeff Tyler. Walson Company starting the season ranked number fifteen in the coaches' poll and number seventeen in the AP poll on the road against Cincinnati, a program that we just kind of uh, own across the board at this point. They are nineteen and a half point favorites. You can hear the game on our sister station nine seventy WGTK. Who wins U of L Cincinnati? TK, what's your pick? Um, women's team roll. Which the line was nineteen and a half. Ooh, I don't know much about the Lady Bearcats, if that's what they're called. Um, just the Bearcats. Just the ladies. Uh, I'm going to say Louisville wins. You know what? Louisville wins and covers. I mean, it's Cincinnati versus Louisville right now in an athletic. I'm saying Louisville wins by 81. 81 points. Yeah. Cards by 81. Cincinnati actually quits having women's basketball after this game because we own their athletic program so thoroughly. 7 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. Mm. Louisville UMBC, it is down to 7.5 is the point spread for the season opener. Kenny Payne, year two. What happens coming up here in about an hour? I, I call a suicide hotline. Um, I'm going to say Louisville slow start. Shocking. Um, does take a lead. When it's all said and done, the smoke clears. Last night I had a dream that Louisville won the game 59-58. Um, here, go quick here. I'm going to say Louisville does win the game, and it is 59-58. I think the cards win. I think the cards cover. I, I, don't, I don't think I feel any better about the season overall, but I'm going to say they win it uh, 78-68. Sure, why not? Go cards. Beat Cincinnati. Beat UMBC. Let's get it done. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Only locally on Sports Talk, 1450 and 96.1 FM.